The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. It is time for Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this light go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dowstock. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host. Greg Carrasco. when the sun goes down I think I, I like it when the sun goes up instead you know two, two types of people people yeah. who like the sunrises and people who like sunsets yeah we, we were talking about this Greg earlier yeah, I, I preferred to look at the sunrise 100% over a sunset you know think of the possibilities I'm a, I'm a daytime guy yeah I don't uh, I don't know maybe you do but I don't know a single successful person that sleeps in I don't know one. And uh, if you know of any famous person that has been able to accomplish incredible things <clears throat> that sleeps in, I don't, I don't, I don't know one. Do you? Uh, well, none that I can recall off the top of my head. Do you, do you sleep in whenever you can? <clears throat> um, well, you know, like if, if I have a day off, I'm, I might get a few extra hours of sleep. Really? Eh? A few. Yeah. You can actually will your body into staying in bed and sleeping? <laughs> I don't, I don't go too crazy, but yeah, I can. Yeah, I can. Uh, what is sleeping in for you? Getting up at uh, 9.30, 10. Around there. What about you, Jacob? What, what, uh, what is sleeping in for you? Sleeping in for me? I don't sleep in really that often. Like every, every I would say once, twice a month maybe. Uh-huh. Uh, but I would say it's like 10, 10.30. Wow. That's the middle of the day. What <laughs> That's honestly, that's the middle of, you know, what's, I, I, for, for me, sleeping in is about, is waking up close to seven. That is sleeping in. Like I'm, my day is just messed <clears> up. <throat> if for whatever reason, 
uh, because I, I don't even have to put alarms anymore. I put anyone that has ever shared my bed understands this. My alarm starts going on at around 4.50, 4.55, and there is an alarm every 10 minutes. It's so annoying. Oh, that's too much. It's so annoying. <laughs> I annoy myself out of bed. I have too many things to do. I, I can't. I can't do it. There is a specific thing that you know I need to do every morning, and uh, and that's that. Have you ever slept through your alarm? No, it's not an never. excuse. No, do you, no. So you've never done it? No. Okay. No, not really. Um, unless I've been sick or something that I, I that my body is just not feeling well or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, even yeah. then. Um, I know I wake up every morning at around five five thirty. It doesn't happen very often that I sleep past that. Okay, okay. Uh, it's just a it's just a thing. It helped me tremendously when I was in the army. I can tell you that much because most of my buddies were just groggy and just cranky in the morning. Just stop it! Just stop it! Just because you can't handle adulthood, it doesn't mean that you have to. Uh, make everybody else suffer, but uh, there are some people. I just, I'm, I'm cranky in the morning. Like, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, so. How was your week, Nick? Uh, it was good, Greg. Good, uh, busy, busy, busy. We were busy at the dealership, but it, it was a good week. Well, you know, don't you, uh, don't you have like a really nice working environment these days? You know, ever since you started working full time, don't you just like working there? I do. No, I, I really do. I, I love, I love the work, and I love the people I work with. And you know, when you, when you have good colleagues, it makes the job a lot more pleasant. You know, uh, it's amazing how that works. I, I, I've always believed that the, the, the world living is is hard enough to begin with. So to work with people that are not nice is like. Why am I adding <clears throat> insult to injury? So I try for the most part to, you know, to redirect people's careers whenever they don't, uh, they don't fit in, uh, with, you know, with a cohesive desire to be part of the team. And there are some people that are very, very, very nice, but they just don't thrive within the environment. The car business is very difficult. Uh, in parts, I don't know so much, but, uh, but in sales is very, very difficult because it doesn't matter what your, what your night at home was. It doesn't matter what happened with your, with your ex-wife or your ex-husband or with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your kids. It doesn't matter what you are going through. You cannot bring it to the store. You can't. The moment that you start crossing those lines is when you are setting yourself in for, for a really, uh, for a rude awakening because people don't care. Especially customers when they come in, they, they're looking for a predictable experience. They're looking for, you know, a nice, pleasant person that is going to be able to answer the questions. And, and the fact that you are losing it or you, you cannot keep it together simply because you had a rough weekend, um, customers are going to look at you and say, yeah. No, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's pretty simple, but, uh, yeah, you know, I don't, uh, I don't like to use the idea of firing someone. I, I don't think I've ever fired anybody. I mean, that's what ultimately what you do when you redirect someone's career to another 
establishment or I pr you promote them as to a customer, you know? <laughs> promote them. <laughs> yeah, you, you are promoted to customer. <laughs> uh, I, I, th I, think, I think that new customer is going to complain to the manager, you know? <laughs> sure. Uh, I, I don't like to look at uh, redirecting somebody's career uh, as, a, as the really harsh term of firing uh, per se. I, I like to believe that it's usually me that is unable to provide somebody with a, a working environment that it stops someone from thriving. But I see it. And sometimes people just don't jive. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how much training you do. It doesn't matter what position you, you, you put them in uh, in order for them to, to find their – you know, some people need to find the stride, right? Um, but sometimes it just doesn't work. So um, sometimes I need to I need to make those tough calls and, and redirect people. But uh, I've been fortunate enough to not have had to do that in a very 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 long time, uh, because by and large most people that work with me at the store are just amazing people. They're very very nice. Uh, but uh, it, it's something that needs to be done. And now letting people go is is it's got to be the absolute toughest thing that I do in my job, um, simply because I believe that whoever does the hiring must do the firing. You cannot let somebody hire someone and let somebody else uh, do the in the dirty work. And, and within a few seconds, you need to change somebody's lives because these people will never like you again, uh, regardless of your intentions. Uh, you know, whether you are helping them along the way or they, they know that they're not doing well, uh, it's impossible not to take it personal when somebody says, you know, we have to let you go. This is, you know, we need to sever this relationship. Um, but the, the truth is this, that uh, there are no ends, just only beginnings. And why Why do we start talking about this? Um, do you know? I, I lost my train of thought on this one. Jacob, what What was I talking about? Uh, you guys distract well, me all actually, the time. Well, actually, I think it started by you asked me if I had a good week. And and then I said I I had a, yeah I had a really good week and then and then uh, you, no no I'm not gonna redirect your career no, no, Nick yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you, are, you are safe yeah. <laughs> you are safe you but, are, but yeah it's uh, it started off with that and and then and then you, you sleeping in we were talking about sleeping in uh, sleeping in I, I, yeah, I, don't, think, I don't know I don't man. Think I don't, it we're that, all but, over the place yeah, this yeah, morning all over the yeah. place that's okay you yeah. know somebody said to me in a very uh, nasty email last week that Greg you cannot talk about every single thought that you you know that you comes up on your brain <laughs> you don't need to entertain it <laughs> well you know I, it's called the Greg Carrasco show I I, <laughs> I, I, I come here to you know <clears throat> expiate I, I, I come here to cleanse myself of all the things that trouble me on a weekly basis this is your informal therapy session isn't it it, it totally is yeah. this is uh, this is me talking to myself in the mirror and saying you know this is what is troubling myself this week uh, but anyways how was your week uh, Jacob it's, it's good to see you I understand that you are um, that you're hurting my feelings next Saturday but uh, why are you going to Montreal next Saturday? Uh, it's a friend's birthday, so we're uh, some friends and I are going to go visit and uh, go to a party and have some fun. Oh, that's what you do at parties these days. Are we? Are you guys allowed to have parties in in, in Montreal? You know, it's, a, it's another one of the communist states here in Canada. <laughs> you know? Remember that? They, <laughs> remember I, that you, I they, guess they make an exception for us. <laughs> they make a special exception. No, you, you know what? I, I called the premier. I I, I got you guys in. Don't worry. 
you know, Nick is very proud to say that he's that's that's my hometown. He's never been there. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> I'm French. You've never been to France. Stop it! <laughs> What is it with these people, man? <laughs> When was the last time you were in France? I, I told you I've never been to oh, France. Of course, because yeah. I wanted you to say it on air. Yeah, I'm French. No, you're not. <laughs> That's my background. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Folks, you are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. We are we we are the conscience of the GTA. Uh, the phone lines are open. 289-275-9600 is a phone number. Um, I before we go on the break, I, I want to lay out what I want to talk about, and um, this is going to be very. It's a every show is self indulgent. <laughs> That's the beauty about having your name on the show. But uh, I wanted to talk about things that um, that I think is important. You know, yesterday I was putting together uh, the top 20 essential things a man should do or know or have. If you're a dude, if you consider yourself a man, you should be able to relate to these 20 things that I want to share with you guys. Uh, because I'm surrounded by this um, this young lions here around me. <laughs> And uh, I, I feel that uh, we need to inject some some masculinity into the universe because uh, uh, it's being extracted by the left. <laughs> you're not allowed to be a dude these days because you're toxic, right? I guess I'm I'm a toxic male. <laughs> very, very toxic mail. Now, I need to know where can people go and watch the show live because we are streaming the video version of the show, folks. You can see how unbelievably handsome I am and you can see it uh, via video. So I believe that if you go to saga960am.ca, you can find the... Um, The streaming, the live streaming. Am, am I wrong with this? Yes, probably. I am you know, wrong. You can go on Saga 960 AM on Facebook. And uh, right on the right-hand side, we are live right now. Um, and then on YouTube, same thing. Uh, Greg Carrasco, October 22nd, according to today's date. Yeah. And uh, just hit search, and we're live right now. We've been on air for about uh, 12 minutes now, right when the right when, oh. when we went on air. So yeah. every, every show, folks, you can actually watch the show uh, as a... As a TV show, you can you can see us. You can see what's going on here in the studio. You can see all the shenanigans that take place during commercial break. And uh, the phone lines are open. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And believe it or not, we do have some inventory. If you have been waiting for a car for a long time, wait no more. Come and see me before you make any car buying decision. Let's take a short break and we'll be right back. Across the street, it's the cars that have to look both ways. <laughs> I'm Chuck Norris, and you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. Hey, Greg, Mike Robitaille here. We hear you loud and clear all the way down to Buffalo. And if you can hear my voice, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show.
and forth from you, ten thousand miles gone. Oh, I want to come here and I feel so bad interrupting this song. Almost as bad as Jody should feel for not bringing me a coffee. <laughs> I I was amazed. I was I, I was amazed. You know, I, I'm here just working so hard this morning, trying to put compelling content on the, on the air, and I see the owner of the radio station showing up with some dirty water, and I'm not even included. <laughs> 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 it's not okay. I need my steep tea in the morning. That's it. Just dirty water. No, it's not. It's steep tea, two milks, one sugar. I'm Indian. What do you expect? I want my tea in the morning. Okay. I want my tea. Uh, I forgot my other snack. You know, but it's okay. Actually, that, if, if, believe it or not, that's, I think that that was a British tradition that you guys adopted. No, no, they took it from us. Okay? <laughs> they took it from you. They eh? took a lot from us. They took our diamonds. They took oh, our spices, and then good. they're like, "All right, let's God. go back to it." Here we go. <laughs> They took a lot from everybody. Uh, Let's be real. Hey, listen, I, that's what you did back in the day. You went in, you stepped in and conquered. Yeah, but they were trying to look for something else probably and they came to us by an accident. Uh, I, I I understand that. I understand. <laughs> that's a long conversation, Jody. You, you, you opened started up. it by saying, hey, the British and the tea is from the... Uh, a lot of people hate on the British, man. I, I don't. I don't hate on the British. They did a lot of good things. Let me think mm. for a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there a list? Go on. Shall go we? On. <laughs> how, about, how about they return the things that are oh, are originally belonging to which country, and then we'll make the list if they're good for something. Uh, man, I mean, if you use that as a basis of anything, it, nothing belongs to anyone, really. I mean, look at it. The, the whole reason why... <laughs> you know, humanity is based on conquering nations. Because if you really start thinking about this, when uh, when when the first humans left Africa, you know, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, uh, Homo sapiens conquered every other uh, humanoids that inhabited the planet. You know, they killed the. Uh, we can go into this deep, Jody, because uh, for some reason uh, I have this uh, interest <laughs> in conquering nations. And uh, uh, oh man, I I'm gonna get into trouble if I go down this rabbit hole, guys. And I don't. You're baiting me, Jody. It's okay. You enjoy your co- your bougie coffee from Starbucks and all. <laughs> no, no, no. This is this is not bougie coffee. This is the nectar of the angels. Oh, there you go. There you go. Nectar of the angels. You guys should try it from time to time. It'll change your life. Folks, if you haven't tried this, I encourage you, strongly encourage you. So it's a venti americano. You need to say venti. Venti. You know, can you say it? Venti? (laughs) Venti. There you go. Venti americano with four long shots of espresso. You you, got to write that down. Four long shots of espresso and four steamed heavy cream. Steamed heavy cream. I'm talking that delicious 50% fat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cream. But the reason why I steam it is because for heavy cream is so much cream that if you just put it from the carton, it cools down the coffee. And I don't like it that cold. So they steam it. So my coffee stays nice and warm. And I'm curious, how did you start drinking your coffee that way? Was it someone who kind of like made your coffee like that and you were like, oh my God, this is so good? Or was it you who tried different things and you landed with that? No, I I have to admit this. It wasn't my idea. Um, 
I, I used to have uh, I used to have a best friend. I, there's a lot of used to be best friends that I had until he went crazy and uh, became COVID hysteric and turned himself into a communist white guilt nonsense. Uh, anyway, so we're not friends anymore. So this guy used to drink. I mean, you know, back in the day, double doubles were my jam. You know, I would go to Timmy's and I'll have a you know medium double double. Boom, it was delicious. But I mean, that's just a vehicle to consume sugar. So you know, my ex friend that I'm not even going to say his name on air because I I really don't like this guy. Um, and um, he used to drink Americanos. Uh, what is an Americano? And for those people that have never drank uh, actual coffee, to drink an Americano straight up with nothing in it, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, jet fuel, right? It's so, so strong that you can't handle it. But then it becomes an acquired taste. So little by little, I started to drink Americanos. And they were just straight up black Americanos. And then one day, I was listening to the Joe Rogan uh, podcast, and he said, you know, I tried this coffee the other day, and instead of putting regular cream, they put whipping cream in it. And I'm like, what? Yeah, like that 35 to 40% fat cream. So I asked the guys at Starbucks if they had that. And, you know, to my surprise, they did. And my life changed forever. Because I'll have two of those ones before 11 o'clock in the morning. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that's mm. eight shots of espresso before 11. And they don't do anything to me. I don't I don't feel anything. Um, now, people say that coffee is bad. Some people say that coffee is good. I don't care either one. I just like the taste. But uh, you, you should try heavy cream on your coffee. It'll really change the way that, uh, okay. uh, that, you, well, that, you, that you look at coffee for sure. Interesting. Well, what do you think of a uh, French vanilla coffee? Do you like it? I don't even know what that is. No? No, no. Because no. no. that, that is a coffee with, with quite a bit of... Of cream in it, or or at least vanilla flavor, which is not exactly that, that cream. Sweet? No, not necessarily. Maybe a little bit, but it's it's because I, you know, on our in our new uh, coffee machine at the dealership, I had a French vanilla the other day. Oh yeah, um, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It's, I think it's sweet. I don't. I don't like. You see, one of the one of the things that I noticed right away when I first came to Canada is that every all food here it tastes one. It has only one taste: sweet. Like, oh, salads were sweet. Uh, every, the condiments were sweet. Everything was sweet. And it's something that I wasn't used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ketchup, you know, sugar, yeah. tomato, and vinegar. <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. like you, you douse stuff. You, you hide it. Yeah, you, know, you know what else is sweet? Me? My, my breakfast today, my oatmeal. Oh, the tel, you know, the Teletubby barf? Teletubby barf. Yeah, it's that delicious looks, today. That looks so unbelievably it's, nasty, folks. I wish that you could see uh, what uh, my producer eats every morning. It's disgusting. It's delicious. I look at it and, and and I shiver. You know that you get that little thing up your spine in the morning. It's like, oh, no, I don't want to. I can't handle uh, the way that looks. Well, uh, Jacob told me he wants to make you something. He wants you to try yeah, it. No, I, no, I'll no, make no. for everyone yeah, at the yeah, studio. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, no. Thank you. No, please. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, <laughs> before we go into the the 20 things that I think that every man should know, uh, I want to give everyone uh, an update on my son because uh, last week we were talking about what was happening to my little guy and uh, the the amount of people who reached out and asked about his health over the last week has been overwhelming. I look. I know that we we polarize, we antagonize, we instigate, we activate a lot of people here on the show because you know the whole purpose of the show is to is to instigate conversation, you know, for or against what I'm talking about. Um, that's how I keep you guys engaged. But um, despite the fact that uh, I I get a lot of people upset at me every single week, 
uh, the, the number of folks that reach out to me via Facebook, Instagram, or e- just straight up emails or, or texts uh, asking about how my little guy was doing, um, is, it was overwhelming. Thank you so, 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 so much for all the love and support that you throw my way. I don't deserve it. Uh, I'm going to try to do everything possible just to not let you guys down with what I do here every Saturday morning. But, uh, um, you know, after, um, you know, after my little guy being, um, uh, what do you call this? Um, admitted at uh, Oakville Hospital on on Friday because uh, this situation that he had going on was not improving. They kept him in a uh, connected to a vacuum just to eliminate you know more of the air that he had on his chest. Um, so on Sunday morning, the surgeon came by and looked at it and said, "This is not getting any better. So we need to operate for the second time." Um, so we, uh, but we don't have the capacity to do it here. We need to transport him to Credit Valley. And um, so we moved him to Credit Valley Hospital to the pediatrics because my son is 17. So he's still qualified for you know, pediatric care. And uh, a, a huge, huge shout out to the people at Credit Valley. Because from the moment that we landed there, you know, the hospital is not as new of a facility as uh, Oakville Place is, but the care that we received was unbelievable at Credit Valley. Uh, Dr. Mohammed uh, conducted the surgery on Sunday night, and uh, they had to go in and uh, cut a small piece of his lung uh, where the rupture had been taking place. And um, attach a larger tube on the side to eliminate whatever air or fluids was still coming out. And um, they, they didn't want to wait anymore. So they cut the piece of the lung, they, they, this, they closed up the opening. And um, they kept him there for a few days. He was released uh, at the beginning of uh, this week. And he's at home now recovering. And um, so he is better. He is recovering aggressively and, and rapidly. And this goes to tell you how prehabilitation is one of the number one deciding factors as to how quickly somebody is going to recover. Um, and uh, as much as I, um, some of you will cringe on this, the moment that my, my little boy asked me for a double quarter pounder with cheese, with uh, chicken nuggets, large fries, and a, and a Coke to wash it all down, I'm thinking, oh, yeah. He's back. He's back. So he, he's been such a strong, strong man. I'm such, so proud of this young man that has been able to deal with this in the most stoic of ways. Like, I mean, he just keeps it together no matter what. Um, but thank you. That was the update. He's at home now. He's recovering. So I expect to see him on, on my jujitsu mats very, very soon so I can just try to strangle him again. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's what we need to do with our kids. But anyway, speaking of strong young men. Um, I have a few things that I'll share with you. I, I was talking to my buddy Sean at work. And uh, of 20 things that are essential for a man to know, to have, or to know how to do, period. Okay? And I, I want to share them with you. And at any given point here, I'm going to ask you guys if you guys know how to do this. All right? Can you, can you play this game with me, Jacob? Can you pay attention to, you know, the host of the show that you're producing for once and not your boss that is just drinking dirty water <laughs> on the side? Uh, that would be very nice because I can see you out of the corner of my eye and it's very distracting. But anyways. Deep tea. Two milks, one sugar. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Dirty water. Uh, all right. Number one thing that a man should know. Every every man, every young man, every boy should be watching their dad do this. Every man should know how to change a tire. Do you know how to change a tire? Yes. You do? 
You see how many, we have a girl here now, so she can tell us, you know, if she can do this as well. There you go. Do you know how to change a tire, Jacob? Uh, I do not. Okay. Um, at any given point, uh, I offer myself to be the person who teaches you how to do this. Like at some point, if you have a beard, you cannot have or grow, oh, but you don't, you don't, I don't can have you, a beard. can you grow one? Oh Next my question. God. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Are you like a baby seal? Like, like completely shiny? <laughs> 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 oh no, dude! You look—you're one of those dudes that look shiny when you go on vacation and they put baby oil in the back. Oh, great! You know, in the foam party. I, I, I think maybe if I was if I was taller and a bit more jacked, then maybe. But no, man. No. Listen, if I, if if you have a beard, you should know how to change a tire. Well, and, you know, again, girls notwithstanding. What's that? Well, I'm, I have a beard and I don't know how to change a tire. You don't know how to change a tire. So right now we only have one person here, one of the boys. Actually, you know, you, you know a boy and a girl, they're, you know, brother and sisters over here. They, you both know. There you go. That's, that's a dad doing the job there. <laughs> Number two, you should know how to tie at least, at least, listen to this, Jacob, at least two tie knots. You know how to tie your tie, but at two different knots. Do why, you know how to do two it? knots? I know. Like I know, I I can tie a tie, but I can't do two knots. Because one, you you should know a formal knot and an actual casual knot. It's very very important. You cannot show up with a Windsor or a double Windsor to you know your you know your buddy's party. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not it's not a thing. If you don't know what those are, you you need to get to work on that. Uh, money. Do you know how to do at least two knots? Do you know how to do two? Wow. We. Ha what about you? Uh, no. Dude, what's going on here? You know, we we have a Jewish parent, we have a French parent, and we have an Indian parent. Wait, and the wait, wait, Indian just, a, just a question. Yeah. When you say one knot, two knots, two like double loops and one loop, right? Yeah. So, well, there are different, there are many, many different tie knots, but, okay. uh, you know, I know many. Probably five or six. Okay, uh, you fancy but, though. You know. uh, no, I'm not fancy. I just, <laughs> I just dedicated a long time in my life to understand what it was to be, because I didn't know how to be a man. Right? I, okay. I grew up without a dad, so I had no idea what a good man. Actually, I'm, I'm just coming to terms with that. I, so yeah, yeah. I spent a long time trying to make up for deficiencies that I had. So Mute. you know, there is a, a Windsor and there is a double Windsor and so on and so on. But uh, you do know too, at least. Uh, the first one I learned from my grandpa. The second one I learned in detention from my uh, <laughs> principal. The, private school, we had to wear you. Yeah, same thing. Same thing. And then the, the first two years, I think Jyoti would actually tie my tie for me. Yep. And because she was such a dick growing up, she would make oh, them. She would make the skinny makes, side longer, and yeah. then the big side, like really, t like you know, that's hilarious. It was just like it was just like it was unproportioned. You had a, like an so I used to look like fish. Charlie Chaplin walking. <laughs> that's out. awesome, and I love it. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Number three, you need to know how to press a shirt. Do you know how to press a shirt? Like, I know how to use an iron, but I've never, like, I, I don't think, I, I don't really wear dress shirts. So, like, I, I don't think I've specifically had to iron, like, a dress shirt before. So, you've never ironed a shirt? No. I, I guess not. You can no. say no. No, I what guess What about no. you, Nick? No. No, I don't. Manny? Yes? 
Indian parents are are winning right now. I can tell you, this is this is. I, it was not supposed to be a racial competition here on Good Dads. Okay, number four, you need to know at least at least one how to cook one excellent meal. And I'm not talking just you know tossing one minute rice in the microwave. I'm not talking about that. You need to know how to cook at least one. And I'm talking a kick-ass meal. Do you know? Yes. What do you know how to cook? Tell me. Pretty good pizza. You know how to make pizza from the ground up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you you can make the dough and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my, my my grandfather taught me. Interesting. That's I'm, I'm surprised that you know how to make pizza from scratch. What about you, Jacob? Aside from this Teletubby barf that you make yourself every morning. Yeah, I would say so. I, I, I've learned over uh, over the pandemic when I didn't have much to do. I learned how to make orange chicken, and it, it's pretty good. It's a hit yeah, in the household. Now no, you're talking. You know, making chicken sweet, that's that's all what we do. Uh, I, I'm not going to say anything about Jyoti because I know that you, you, you know how to do that, right? What about you, Manny? One meal. Tell me. You know how to make one meal at least? Yes? Okay, so we have one for the Jewish parents and the French parents. One out of four. The next one. You need to know how to at least throw a punch. <laughs> have you ever thrown a punch? Have you ever gone, had a fist fight in which somebody punched you in the face? Like full on a punch in the face. Jacob? I, I I mean, I've never had to do it. But you've never been punched in the face once. I don't like not like not someone going full out 100 percent trying to. Have you ever me. punched somebody? No, I've never okay. had to. What about you? <clears throat> when I was in high school, I almost got into a fight. Okay, no, no, almost, but, yeah. almost doesn't count because it almost doesn't matter. <laughs> well, well, so no, it's like, that's no, a yes no, or no. The answer is so no, you no. you've never thrown a punch at somebody? No, no. Okay, no. what about you, Jyoti? I I. I wouldn't be surprised if you connected. <laughs> many times, many times. Oh, Was it against Manny? <laughs> She used to punch you, yeah, probably. Yeah, I punched him. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Um, honestly, yeah. yeah, I'd say I've been punched in the face like two, three times. No, have you punched somebody? Yes, I have. Yes. There you go. So now, throw a punch and take a punch because they're different things, right? Look. It doesn't matter whether you think you can throw a punch, whether you think you can take a punch. Every Like Mike Tyson says, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. And if that has never happened, then you need to do something about it. This is the reason why I am so big in, 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 in men and women to, to train train in how to actually defend themselves. And jiu-jitsu is most definitely something that people should try. Next one. Do you know, I'm not going to say this one. Do you know how to say no as a full sentence? And everybody here is going to say yes. But I'm talking say no as a full sentence. Do you have trouble saying no? No. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Jacob? No, I, I don't know how to answer like <laughs> I honestly think I've gotten over the years. I think when I was younger, I had a really hard time saying no. I think I've gotten a lot better at it. But You you could have said no to going to Montreal next weekend, and you couldn't. Okay, but... <laughs> you need to get your priorities straight, Jacob. That was, that was... You're leaving me. 
That, that's not good. You're, 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 no? bre- you're breaking. Friends? If it was your, if it was your birthday next heart. weekend, Greg. If it was your birthday next weekend, then I would have stayed. I don't like to celebrate you, you know, birthdays. It's interesting you say that because my birthday is in four days. You see, he just dropped that in. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want? Why for you tell me earlier, Nick? Yeah. Wh- <laughs> yeah. You, you're leaving me, Jacob. I'm. I'm. I'm heartbroken. How old are uh, you turning? Twenty four. Twenty four. Yeah. Man, you're a fetus. <laughs> yep. Oh, you are a full-on fetus. <laughs> Folks, we're going to continue with the things that men should know or at least have in their lives. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And I am lucky to be here on Saga 960 AM, one of the last independent radio stations in Ontario. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If the heavens ever did speak, she's the last true mouthpiece. Every Sunday's getting more bleak. Fresh poison each week. We were born sick. You heard them say it. My church offers no absolutes. She tells me worship in the bedroom. The only heaven I'll be sent to is when I'm alone with you. I was born sick, but I love it. Command me to. What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture. And if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. Hi, everybody. This is Haley Wickenheiser, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. One of these days I want to bring my guitar here I'm going to sing a song on air What do you think? Jody, should I do it? I should do it, eh? I think you should do it How long have you been playing guitar for? Well, I don't know if I play guitar in the sense that you might think that I play guitar. I, I play well enough to drown out this horrible sound of my voice so I can accompany myself when I sing. <laughs> I can do that. But uh, very little known fact, I recorded an album for myself once. I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, I remember you told me, yeah. Yes. Well, maybe one of these days I'll play one of those songs. You know, maybe one of these days I'll play it. You know, before I, I the- hear you're the second coming of Metallica. Uh, What? <laughs> no man no 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 289-275-9600 is the phone number the phone lines are open we're talking about a few things that every single man should have or know the essentials you know change a tire tie a knot press a shirt cook at least one excellent meal throw a punch take a punch to say no the next one have a financial advisor Every single man should have a financial advisor. You know, just because you think you know what to do with your money, it doesn't mean that you know what to do with your money. Who has a financial advisor here? Put your hand up. You have a financial advisor, Manny? You do? Does my sister count? No. No, no, no. No, no. And your sister doesn't have a financial advisor, does she? Hey, Jyoti, uh, you got to find... Does she have a financial advisor? No, she does not. What about you, Nick? Uh, no, unfortunately not. Well, you need to get to work on that. The next one. The next one. And this is a very important one. You need to, ha- you need to know how to do a proper squat in a deadlift. 
you must know how to do a proper squat in a deadlift. If you don't know how to put something heavy on your back, then you're not ready to be married. <laughs> I agree with <laughs> that. I a thousand percent agree with that. <laughs> you need to know how to do this. Next, you need to know how to spit shine your shoes. Spit shine? Yes. You know how to do it? Oh, yeah, because you're married to a cop. You, you've, you've watched that done a million Not times. Not only that, so I, I was in school in India for when I was little, yeah. and maybe for like two, three years, and if your shoes weren't polished, yeah. you'd be in trouble. Yeah, they'll send you home. Yeah, for sure. You know, that was my first job, believe it or not. You know, my grandpa hired me when I was like five, and he taught me how to do it specifically, and he would use the nimble little fingers of a five-year-old just to get into all the crevices of, you know, his, you know, his shoes. And uh, I became really good at it, but then in the Army, you really perfect that. You have to do it. There are so many different ways to shine your shoes and make him, make, make him glossy. Uh, next, you, if you're a dude... You need to know how to perform CPR. You need to know how to perform CPR. You need to know how to save a life. Do you know CPR? No. Do you know CPR, Jacob? I do not. I learned Manny? it when I was younger. Are you certified? Yes, no, maybe. Not fully certified, but when I was working at a dealership, uh, because I was part of the health and safety committee, we, we had to do a little course in case something would happen. But I'm not like the whimis. Whimis. Yes, the whimis. Whimis. You know, the, I think, what does it stand for? Work, health. Workplace hazardous, hazardous information. I don't know I don't what know. the M is. Oh, you're on a roll, it's, Jacob. It's the what most, happened? It's the most annoying thing that you can do, but you know, it's necessary. So, you need to know CPR next. You need to know how to sew a button. Do you know how to sew a button? No. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. French parents, French dad are dropping the ball. How do you say ball in French? Ballon. Ballon? No, it's belle. Ba ballon usually refers to like a big ball, but like if it's a small so ball. So, no, no. Belle. This is clearly belle. little ball. Belle. Belle. <laughs> What about you, Jacob? Do you know how to sew a button? No, I'll happily oh, admit my, if, I am, if I need a button I'm, sewed, my mom does it for me. Um, I am so embarrassed. Manny, you don't know how to do this? What about you, Jyoti? I am, I, I, I'm a, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Sewing a button, really. Next one. You need to know how to speak in public. Have you ever s spoken in public other than the radio show here? Because nobody's looking right back at you. A few times, yeah. A few times. How many people did you have in the audience? Uh, How many thousands? <laughs> huh? Well, probably the most was a hundred. Where? Uh, well, it, it was um, it was this uh, it was like this speech like competition when I was a kid. You know. Nice. Look yeah. at you. Look at you go. What about you, yeah, Jacob? Yeah. Same as Nick. Yeah, and also, I mean, class presentations. You'd have some pretty big. I mean, I, I feel like it's a bit of a cop out saying class presentations, but like you know, you're in front of. You know, potentially hundreds of people. So. Manny, when was the last time you addressed an audience, like a big audience? I'm talking not family or school uh, classmates. Um, I used to go to a religious school here in Malton. Yeah, and uh, I went up on stage and I did like a three minute, not Person. even a th like it was supposed to be three minutes, 
but I memorized it so well that it ended up being 30 seconds. I just went up there and I'm like, and, and regurgitated it. Yeah, I, was like, I was like in grade. I really hope there is a video of that somewhere, Jody. I would love to see that. Next, if you're a dude, or at least you claim to be one, you need to have a blue suit, like a full on blue suit. How blue are we talking? Like, because I have like I have like a navy blue suit. That's I don't know fine. If that yeah, okay, I, I'll so buy I'm, that. I'm what about you? Then. You have a blue suit. You don't have a blue suit. You need to have a blue suit. And please, for the love of whatever is dear to you, do not wear black shoes with a blue suit. <laughs> you know, you don't commit fashion suicide. What are your thoughts on sneakers with suits? Because that's a, a big. That's becoming bigger now. Uh, it is. You know, I do it from time to time. It's just. It's. It's not. It, look. It's. It's not formal, man. You know. We are we are dumbing down the, the the way the guys dress. You know, you you want to see something? Go and look at the forties. Look at the man. You know, uh, there's a, what's the movie? The uh, the Untouchables, Elliot Ness, and all that. You know, that whole era. You know, the twenties and thirties and forties. Man, men could dress back then. Now they wear a garbage bag on top. What is that? That Balenciaga new thing that uh, you can wear a garbage bag. <laughs> Actually, you know, I used to like Balenciaga, but now they, they cut ties with Kanye, and uh, I like Kanye. Kanye is Kanye is a genius. Um, <laughs> what you had something to say about this, uh, Manny? No. Uh, um, you know, you're asking about a blue suit. I I have a blue suit. Do yeah. you? Yeah, and it's, it's the one I wore to my uh, college uh, graduation. Graduation is that the only one that you have? Does it still fit? It, it does not because I bought it like right before my graduation. Oh yeah, that was that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. The next one, do you know how to drive a manual transmission? I, I'm gonna skip Nick on this one because he doesn't even know how to drive. Um, the uh, you know how to do it? I I'm not surprised you're a car guy. What about you, Jyoti? Do you know how to drive manual? They won't let me. Who is they? This guy. Why? And my dad. Why? Actually, all the things that you've listed from like number one question to like where we are right now. Yeah. Our, it's not our dad that taught us. It's just us experimenting. Experimenting and just messing things up. Messing into, things up. I love it. What about you, Jacob? Do you know how to drive manual transmission? No, absolutely not. <sighs> let's let's rapid fire these last five because yes. we got to go to a break. Thank soon. you for telling me how the, uh, when we need to break. Rapid fire. Number 16, you need to know how to do a proper push-up. If you don't know how to do a proper push-up, it's a problem. 17 is a big one, and we're going to be talking about this on the third hour of the show and Bill sees. 21, you need to know how to fire a gun. You need to know how to behave around firearms. Number 18, you need to know how to play a song on a guitar or at least know one song that you can sing out loud in front of people. The next one, know how to ride a motorcycle. It's a life skill. Don't mess it up. 20, have a good bottle of scotch and a cigar in the house. I like that list. I like it. I like it a lot. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We have Money Mike on the other side of the hour. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Talking away. Oh, I don't know what I'm to say. I'll say it anyway. Today is another day. Find you shying away. Hey, what's up, sports fans? Forrest Griffin here, and I want you to check out the Greg Carrasso show. Check him out, Greg and the gang. Uh, yeah, enjoy. It is time for Greg Carrasco. Kick it. Whoa. 
so show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this light go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Greg Carrasco. I have been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we're back. And those who know know that the brains of the operation just showed up. My good friend and financial advisor, the money sage, the only one that can potentially hold me accountable and make me feel guilty about my purchasing choices. If I had that power. If I had that power. <laughs> if you had that power. Money Mike is in the house, folks. The lines are open, 289-275-9600. Um, you know, right now is when we address all your financial needs. If you have any questions about the markets, about investments, about your family legacy, about inheritances that you're about to get, and you need um, you need a, a Navy SEAL of uh, financial advice. You know that's what Money Mike is, is. That's why he's here. Now I understand that uh, you were uh, you were up all night last night. What's going on with this? I, I wasn't up all night, uh, but but up later, much later than normal. I I play in a uh, in a poker league down in St. Catharines. So last night was our sort of biweekly event. Um, so usually my my voice even even sounds great on the radio with all this professional equipment sounding even a little bit more sultry. Uh, I'm sure that your wife this, is uh, <laughs> is very very happy with this. Very very happy. <laughs> hey baby. Hello. <laughs> Hello. You know I am very very happy to say uh, that I as of this very second right now I don't know how to play a single card game. I don't know. Well, I would definitely add that to your man list then. Learning, no. to, learning to play poker—that's that's that's, uh, that's a good man skill. Which I, you know, no disrespect because we have a number of uh, women in our league who are phenomenal. Really, eh? annoyingly phenomenal poker players. You, I, I hate. I can't read them. You uh, know, they're they're great. Growing up in Chile and uh, under a very 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 religious family, uh, playing card games were considered to be you know the work of the devil. <laughs> so that kind of stuck with me forever and. Uh, I never learned, and now I, somebody would teach me how to play a game, and I because I don't play it often enough, I quickly forget. We, we, you know, those of us who do play poker, we do have a saying: if you don't know how to play the game, mm-hmm. your money is always welcome at my table. That's great, but you know, <laughs> on a warm summer's eve, I mean, you know, on a plane, on a, on a, not a plane, it's a train bound to nowhere. <laughs> yes. I met up with a gambler, uh, and we were both too tired to to see. sleep. Yeah, God love Kenny. Uh, yeah, man. We uh, do you have that uh, song there, uh, Jacob? Uh, you know, once you stop, sh- you know, stuffing your face with Teletubby barf, uh, you can uh, <laughs> you can 
Maybe I'll join the uh, join the club here. But uh, you know, Mike, what's going on with the markets? People keep talking about this, and I I don't want to look at it. I don't want to look at it. What's happening? Yeah, I don't know. I don't look at it either. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. That's great. I, no, I haven't opened know, up my statement in a long time, just so you know. No, and and I I don't think opening up your statement is going to gleam you any sort of information that's going to advise as to the right actions to take. Uh, thankfully, you know, the markets were up last week. Mark up, uh, up pretty strongly. Um, and, you know, without going into too much boring detail, this is what we're going to see for the coming weeks and months is we've got much higher volatility. The market's going to go up and the market's going to go down um, almost daily on any slight change in sentiment about what's going on in the economy. Let me sum it all up for you. Mm-hmm. There are good times in the markets and there are bad times. We've been through some bad times so far in the first 10, nine, well, shall I say in the first nine months of 2022. <clears throat> People should be investing money always. But there will be times in your life when the markets present you with an opportunity to take advantage. And so when you are in bad times in the markets, those are the times that you should be taking advantage of it. Do not look at it with the emotion of despair. Mm -hmm. Look at it for the opportunity that it is, because when the good times return, as they always do, when the good times return and four out of five years are good times, you will look back at the prices the markets are at today and you go, damn, I I wish I I did more. I wish I did. I wish I bought more. You know, I have to share this with you, Mike, because um, and I don't know if I told you this last time you were here, but um, um, my my boss and partner, um, we uh, we've been talking about this. He he dresses really well, and he's always walking around with a fake watch, you know, like an iPhone watch, you yep. know, like those fake plastic ones, yeah, you know, the yeah. one that have a computer in it that makes it feel special. So yeah. I've been ragging on him for I've, since I started working with him to get himself a nice watch. Uh, not only because. He, I, the guy's a multi multi millionaire, right? Uh, but because he would complete the actual look, I mean, you need to wear a Rolex. At one point, you need to buy one, right? So we we were making fun of him like aggressively at the office. You know, Salim, we're talking about you. <laughs> Love it. We we always rag on the guy because uh, you know he uh, he he should have one. But anyway, this is what he said to me. He says, "Greg, I'm not going to buy a Rolex right now." And I said, "Why is that?" He says, "Because." If I use the money that I'm going to put on a Rolex and I stick it in the stock market right now, I know I'm going to double my money within the next 12 months. So I th- I'm thinking, okay, you win. You win. You win. You win. Uh, the, the reality is that uh, it, the the stock market hasn't had this kind of opportunity in a very, very, very long time. When was the last time that there was this type of uh, sales for the stocks in, in the marketplace? Do you remember? Well, technically speaking, two years ago. Well, but, you know, again, it's a sale that happens every two or three years, uh, and, and we take advantage of it. But right now, everybody's talking doom and gloom instead of trying to find ways to invest more money into the stock market. Opportunity. Absolutely. And, you know, as much as I glibly say it was two years ago at the start of the pandemic, before that, it was the summer of 2011. It was nine, literally nine years since we had this sizable a uh, correction. And this correction is by no means sizable in reference to even the, the three largest ones that I've experienced uh-huh. in my 26 years. And if you go back 60 years, nowhere near as large as the six big ones that happened over that time frame. So, you know, but for a lot of people, this is 
for some people, this is the first one that they've experienced. For some people, this happened when their portfolios were at the largest value they were ever at in their lifetime. So from a dollar perspective, mm -hmm. they are incurring the largest losses they've ever seen. But the losses are only incurred if you cash out. I have yet to hear people calling me up saying, my house price is going down. Uh -huh. I keep reading about it. I keep seeing it. I keep hearing it. I got to get out of this house. This, this thing's sinking. We don't treat our houses like that. Don't treat your portfolio like that either. Well, you know, look at it this way. I, I have one of my properties for sale right now. The, the, yeah. the, uh, the property is, is a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, at any given point, this, this uh, it's a penthouse in Oakville. It, it, it would be worth $200,000 more than we are asking for it right now. So somebody's going to buy it. And, you know, as soon as the market goes right back up to where it's supposed to be, not even go up, just go back to normal, uh, they're going to cash in. They're going to make 20, 30% on a home. Uh, but the truth is that I bought the property, <laughs> you know, six years ago. Right. So just because I'm not making as much as I could have, it doesn't mean that I'm losing anything. Nope. I'm just, it's money that I never had. Right. So I'm looking at it from, you know, from a pers the perspective that uh, I, you can't lose something that you was never available to you. Right. So I already made money on this thing. So, you know, let's just move on. But at the same time, I was able to buy a property for a price that I, I will never be able to find the property again for that price. Right. And I mean, you, you have to take the good with the bad. But what I can tell you is, is there's a lot of people walking around um, adrift these days without the support, the advice, the counsel, and, and the actual hand-holding from their financial advisor. There's a lot of financial advisors right now that have gone into hiding because they don't they don't want to explain what's going on in the market and, and they don't really want to give anyone bad news. But you see, in not knowing is far more terrifying than, no, than having an idea of what the market does. And that's where you come into place. Uh, you know, thank you so much for being here. And folks, Money Mike is my personal financial advisor you can reach him at moneymike.ca after the show send him an email or you can call him on his cell phone at um, 905-320-6762 that is his personal phone number he's crazy enough like me that we give out our cell phone numbers on air but if you want to talk to him in the show right now 289-275-9600 289-275-9600 uh, on the other side of the break because we're going to take a, a short break right now I want to have a long segment to dissect this Mike because people keep on asking us about this yeah um, on the other side of the break we're going to talk about some basics about estate planning uh, for the last few times that Mike has been on the show there's been many of you that have asked some really interesting questions but they're also basic questions so we're going to try to address uh, these questions that keep coming up on the show so if you want to talk to us call us 289-275-9600 folks the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity before you make any car buying decisions you need to come and see me I'll, uh, I'll set you straight let's take a short break we'll be right back This is Vito Belfer, and you are listening to one of the toughest guys on air, Greg Carrasco Show, man. Congratulations on your show. I wish you all the best. Toronto, 
Stay safe out there. God bless you, man. This is Vito Bell for the Fina. Ready to strike. Let's go. Seems to be a single penny left for me That's too bad In my dreams I have a plan If I got me a wealthy man I wouldn't have to work at all I'd fool around and have a ball Money, money, money And we're back <laughs> is this a rich man's world? That's what Mike is here to ensure that at some point in your life you see it. Money Mike is my personal financial advisor. And if you want to talk to him live, he's here with me in the studio showing his handsome face. You can actually see him live on the live stream that's going on right now on our Facebook page and on YouTube, The Greg Carrasco Show, uh, October 22nd. You can actually watch the show now uh, as, a, as a TV show. You can see how handsome Money Mike truly, truly is. Never mind the sultry voice, but, uh, you know, the handsome good looks. The number to call, 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. Money Mike, let's talk about the, the basis about state planning. You know, a lot of people have many questions and problems about this. Mm-hmm. Talk to me, you know, what is state planning? Estate planning is essentially you putting in an organized plan for the distribution of your assets after you pass away. Uh, it is making sure by design that the people who you want to benefit from what you've produced in your lifetime are able to benefit from it. It's, it's an attempt to minimize the, the government intervention, mm-hmm. minimize the amount of tax that you have to pay in order to distribute those assets to the next generation. Do you think that people have trouble with the, the, the whole notion of state planning simply because people don't like to address their own mortality? It, it, there is a finite, uh, you know, aspect to, you know, what is it going to happen? What's going to happen with, with my money, with my things once I'm dead? <laughs> that, yeah. that could scare a lot of people, no? No, it, it, it does. And, and so there tends to be a lot of apathy on the subject of doing estate planning. Uh, I can just say from my professional experience, the most successful people I've ever dealt with, this is one of their chief concerns. Really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they they are not apathetic to this at all. And and for those of you who are uh, truly patriotic, and I saw a group of people on an overpass of the highway last night waving Canada flags. That tells me they're probably patriotic. Um, if you don't mind paying as as much money as possible to the government when you pass away, then, then <laughs> don't do anything. <laughs> as a fellow citizen, I guess I appreciate what, what you're doing to support the system. But uh, most people who who we deal with want to try to minimize what goes to the government. They want to maximize to the We have a phone call here. Uh, Deepak is on the line. He has a question for Money Mike. Deepak, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. And how can we make your life better this morning? Hi, uh, Greg and Money Mike. Uh, this is No Money Deepak. How are you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Doing well. Good morning, sir. 
Good morning. I, I was wondering, my advisor is, uh, I don't know whether he was pushing or suggesting the uh, this whole life permanent policy and is a big, uh, you know, annual amount and mm-hmm. so forth for 10 years. I just wanted to know, uh, is it good for estate planning? And w- what's the negative side? Because they make it sound like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread, that product. Yeah. And we're, we're uh, my wife and I are business owners. We're in our early 50s. I don't know if it's too late for us. So there's a lot of questions there, but the general idea is, does permanent uh, slash whole life make sense for uh, planning? And is it a good Generally, a good product. Thank you, yeah. uh, Deepak. Before I, I you know, I, I let Mike go into this, uh, into this answer for you. I, I want you to take a pen and write Mike's phone number down, because you are the prime type of candidates that would need this sort of help from Mike. That you, you essentially described me. I'm a business owner. I'm in my early fifties, and it's never too late. So. Money Mike's phone number is 905-320-6762, 905-320-6762, and his website is moneymike.ca. And folks, if you have a question for Money Mike, just like Deepak just did, 289-275-9600. So, Money Mike, the, uh, this is your floor now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, thank you for asking the question so generally, because to me, if you wanted something more specific, that's that's akin to asking someone, my doctor recommended this medication. What do you think about it? And, and you know, t- the only proper response to a question like that is, I have no idea about your medical situation. Yeah. I, I can't tell you whether that's good, good for you or bad. And, and same thing with this impermanent insurance policy. Uh, so let me speak to it generally. Yes, there is a place for it in in uh, in estate planning and you know you mentioned you're you're in your early 50s is that too late no 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 that by by no means in fact the really cool thing is if you and your wife are going to get that policy your combined age for a permanent joint lasted eye policy is like 10 years younger than your actual age I'm not going to go into a big, long explanation for that. But if the two of you were 53, they actually insure you at the price like you're 42. So it, it is beneficial. Um, so the permanent policies can play a, a great role in helping to, to mitigate the estate tax you're going to pay down the road. Don't think of it as an expense because, yes, the, the premiums – uh, can be large. I mean, they can they can literally be anything from a few hundred dollars a month to tens of thousands of dollars a month. You, you, there's a whole spectrum of policies you could put into place. But think of it more like this. Oftentimes in estate planning, you'll find when you look at your overall financial situation, there are a, a degree or a number of assets that you've accumulated that you're never going to spend. You've just you've done such a great job. You can't possibly spend it. And for those people who are wealthy, the idea of spending everything before they pass away would freak them out because they're used to having a large financial backing behind them. So when you've accumulated a lot of assets and you can acknowledge there's a certain degree of those assets I'm never going to spend, rather than the expense of a whole life policy, think of it in terms of I have assets that I'm going to shift inside the policy instead of being outside because it's a tax preferred environment. What does that mean? Well, you know, no one hesitates to put $10,000 a month or, or a year, I should say, into an investment. Okay. A whole life policy can be such an investment. You're simply putting $10,000 inside it. 
and someday it will come out of that policy. But how is that beneficial from a tax standpoint? Because when it comes out of the policy when you pass away, no tax is paid. On the money you put in, on the money that it earned, you never pay any tax. And uh, let's say that you don't and you have the asset outside of that policy, then what tax do you pay? Well, if it continues to grow, you pay at your highest marginal tax bracket. Not only do you pay tax on it annually, in some cases, on what it earns, but ultimately when you pass away, anything you've earned, you'll pay tax on. So so that's – I'm going to guess that is where your advisor is coming from to say – I've I've found a place where this whole life insurance policy can fit into your overall plan to manage your assets into your estate. So without knowing the specifics of your situation, I can say in general there are good things about it. Now, is it the be all end all? Of course not. If you if you embark upon a program where you have to shift money inside it for the next 10 years, once you get started, you have to carry it out. And then at the end of that 10 years, the value of that policy is going to be less than the amount of money you put into it at at the 10-year mark. But over time, its value can be immeasurable. Its value can be far greater to an equivalent return in outside investments and save you a ton of tax in the process. So it really comes down to understanding where does this policy fit into into your financial plan and does it make sense? I mean, the the reality, every time I'm having this conversation with my clients, understand this. You don't need it. There's no need to have that insurance policy. There's a benefit to it. It's an option. Uh, It can improve. It can help to better diversify. It can and it can lower your taxes, Mm -hmm. but you don't need it. The fact that it's being recommended to you is because you've probably done a pretty good job of accumulating assets. You're financially successful already. You don't need to do anything. Interesting. But it can make an improvement on what you're doing. Uh, Deepak, I really hope that uh, the Mike answered the question you. Uh, to your satisfaction. But what I can tell you is this. Before you do anything, call him. You know, you will be surprised as, as the sort of perspective that Mike can add to your, uh, to your financial future. And, um, you know, maybe this is something that you should consider, okay? Thank you, gentlemen. Have a nice weekend. Thank you, Deepak. You're welcome, sir. You know, it's, it's, it's fascinating to, uh, to understand the, the little idiosyncrasies and intricacies of the financial world that, uh, you know, is not available uh, as general knowledge to most people. We, we, we have a huge vacuum of knowledge when it comes to finances in our society. And I, I do believe that, w- that we offer v- valuable information here on Saturdays uh, explaining to people, like, I had no idea that that was the case, you know, and, yeah. and I actually deal with you. So you, you manage all this stuff, but I mean, I guess I haven't done that good of a job like Deepak did, but anyway, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> so, you know, let's go back to this, uh, some of the basics of state planning. Who should engage uh, in state planning? Okay. So, so who should do it? Yeah. Estate planning should be engaged in by any person who has a accumulated assets that they care where they go or B are leaving behind loved ones that they want to help organize and take care of. Interesting. I'm not sure that there's anyone listening to this radio station right now that doesn't fall into one of those two camps. If you have accumulated nothing and there is no one you will be leaving behind, you don't need estate planning. That's Uh, one less burden on you. But you've got got some other burdens. Yeah, but most of us 
have. So, <laughs> so, so think of it from the perspective of if you are a parent or a grandparent, you are leaving people behind. If you are a child who has parents mm -hmm. and you have accumulated assets and your passing will have an impact on them, then you need to engage in estate planning. Now, how does this affect the taxes? I mean, there's got to be different taxes that affects a state, a state plan, right? Yes. Yes. So estate planning is, is really a process of understanding what the tax implications of your passing away are traditionally. And yes, I know we're in a brave new world, but I'm going to speak to the traditional family unit of a couple. Okay. Okay. When one of the spouses pass away, typically there are no tax implications. If anyone has incurred any sort of estate administrative hassle or tax implications at the passing of one of the spouses, it's because they really didn't set themselves up properly. Mm -hmm. There should be no tax implication at the passing of, of the first spouse. However, when the last of a couple passes away, mm -hmm. there will be some taxes that are owed. So what are those taxes? They, they essentially fall into two different categories. One is estate tax. In the U.S., they call it the death tax. Mm -hmm. The other is income tax. The estate tax side of things is not something that anyone should be overly concerned about. Uh, it's a graduated system. This is the, the estate tax? The estate okay. tax. It's a graduated system that you pay a, a steadily increasing rate on depending on the size of your estate that and I haven't updated this number in a little while, but once you hit $150,000 of the estate, the maximum estate tax percentage hits 1.5%. Under 150,000 it's a graduated level and okay. from half a percent all the way up to the one and a half. But it is a small number. If you have a million dollar estate, it's $15,000. It's not it's, it's it's negligible. Okay? There's no next generation that's going to be left a million dollars that's going to be that concerned over 15,000. Love to avoid it altogether, don't get me wrong, but it should not be keeping you up at night. And so people are always worried about it. It's called probate fees, mm -hmm. right? People are always worried about it. Understand I'm speaking about the province of Ontario. Every other province does it differently. And in fact, Alberta has an administrative tax that I think is all of like $500 mm -hmm. regardless of the size of the estate. Yep. So if it's in your best interest, pass away in Alberta. But um, <laughs> here, here in Ontario, um, here in Ontario, it's one and a half percent and it's probate fees and people call me up. I'm so worried about the probate fees. Do not be worried about probate fees. What you need to be worried about uh -huh. is income taxes. Income taxes is where the true cost comes in. Okay, explain. And and every asset is treated differently. When you pass away, and again, you are the last of a couple, it is deemed that you have sold off every asset that you own on the day you passed away. Mm -hmm. So any profit that has been made that has never been triggered, you are now triggering it. So now you owe the tax. So, you know, the last couple of shows, we had people calling in saying, I'm, I'm inheriting a property. Mm -hmm. The last caller, they bought it for $100,000. It's worth $2.5 That's $2.4 million of pro profit, a, a yeah. profit that has never been taxed. Now you're going to owe the tax. So when you pass away, it's deemed that you've sold the asset at its fair market value and the taxes are triggered. 
that goes onto your income tax. Not the the not the beneficiary's income tax, but the deceased owner of that property. It goes onto theirs. Well, at that point, inevitably, you're on a fifty percent tax bracket with that amount to profit, right? Largely so. When you when you when you're filing or or when your final tax return is being filed on your behalf, mm-hmm. typically people tend to be in a higher tax bracket than they've ever been, uh, and that can quite quickly gravitate to the top tax bracket. So, you know, different assets that you own in your lifetime uh, are affected differently by passing away. So, can you give me some of those types, like, you yeah. know, real estate and, you know, what else? Yeah, sure. So, real estate, first of all, if it is your principal residence, uh-huh. you have a principal residence exemption. So you pay no taxes on that You one. pay no tax, no matter what you paid for the property, no matter what it's sold for. Okay. It's tax-free. If you have any other property, uh, a cottage a rental home and a, a commercial or industrial property, a vacant piece of land mm-hmm. that is deemed to be personal property that is taxable. So when you pass away, any capital gains that you've earned on that property become taxable on your passing. So it becomes taxable to you. Correct. The, uh, the, the deceased. deceased. The deceased. Yeah. Now, if this is left to – uh, the surviving children, for example, yep. and they is given to them on a cash a version of that. Do they pay taxes also on top of that? No, no, you, you do not pay. There's no inheritance tax in Canada yet. <laughs> well, everything is yet. Man, if, I, if I had a view to the future, I wouldn't have time to be on this show. Man, I'd, I'd be sitting on a yacht somewhere. <laughs> that, that is true. Uh, folks, if you have a question, call us. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. And we do have some inventory for you folks. So before you make any car buying decisions, you owe it to yourself. Come and see me and I'll, uh, I'll show you why there is something happening there at Oakville Nissan. Let's take a short break and we'll be right back. Tucker here, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. My dad told me Saturday mornings used to be for watching cartoons, and now we have to listen to this guy? My name's Lily, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show! That's the way you do it. Money Mike is in the house. Folks, this is my personal financial advisor. If you want to call us and see what's up, call us. The number is the same, 289-275-9600, 289-275-9600. 
He's the only person that, um, as you all know, I allow to touch my money voluntarily. Some other people help themselves to it, but what are you going to do? You know, anybody that tells you that uh, the world is ruled by man has never gone through divorce court. <laughs> we, we should do a show about this, Mike. I, one day we will do it. You're going to get into trouble with this one. Okay. <laughs> no, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to know. Okay. He, doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't want to do it. We, we, were talk, it. we were talking about the impact of certain assets on state planning, yeah. uh, real estates. And now what about business holdings? Business holdings is a very complicated one. I'm not going to spend too much time on um, because there is uh, obviously when you pass away, if you have an incorporated business, it's its own entity. So it mm -hmm. doesn't die when you do. But your ownership of that company passes to somebody else. So there is a tax implication on the value of the shares that you own of that business passing outside the marital relationship. So that is something that has to be planned for. And it can cause a lot of hardship lot on of families yeah. because businesses are not liquid. Businesses tend to be the thing that people want to keep going after they pass away. So they want to pass it to someone who will carry it on. Um, but if it's going to pass inside the family, there could be tax implications and now the family struggles to cover those taxes and the business can actually go under as a result of that. Are there standard business valuations that the government use in order for them to assess what the value of that actual business is? Yeah. I mean, you, you, have, to, you have to have a proper valuation done to say, here's what my shares are worth. Therefore, this, these are the tax implications. And that number can sometimes change. Sometimes the government can get involved and say, we don't agree with your assessment. So it can be very sticky. So I, I can't spend a lot of time on that one. But, you know, as investments go, businesses are one of them and they add a level of complexity that you absolutely have to plan for. But even regular everyday investments have an impact when someone passes away. Mm -hmm. Simple things like cash. There's no there's no income tax implication on it. Okay. Um, Tax-free savings accounts. Phenomenal investment vehicle. Because A, there's no income tax implications when you pass away. But even more importantly, if you pass those assets to a spouse, they get to stay inside the tax-free savings account environment. You don't we, have to take them out. You don't have to take out. They can stay a TFSA. So essentially, when someone passes away, they can inherit the TFSA of their spouse. And now they have twice as much TFSAs as anyone else is allowed to have. <sighs> And again, that's, nice. that's an asset that will grow, that you'll never pay tax on. And when you pass it to the next generation, they'll never pay tax on it. So it's, it's beautiful. Okay, you've convinced me. Estate planning is, is a must. We need to do it. We need to prepare ourselves for the eventuality of our passing yep. and what is going to happen to all the results and the fruits of that hard work. Now, I've decided we, we're doing this. Yep. I hired somebody like you to help me do it. Okay. What are some of the documents that, that we need to that we need to have in order for us to be able to accomplish this properly? And uh, you know how how do you tackle that on a, on a on an individual basis? But before we go into the, that answer, we have another caller for you. Laura has another question for Money Mike here. Laura, how can we make your life easier this morning? Talk to us, Laura. I see. Here's please when to buy, sell, and hold. I'm stuck with some now, and um, they're 
going nowhere and losing big money on them. So could you talk about that, please? Okay, Laura, can you repeat your question from the beginning? Because our producer was completely distracted and he didn't put you on air uh, because, the you know, uh, the show is not his first priority right now. So can you repeat the question from the beginning? Yes, please. I will. I'd like to know about how, when and how to buy, hold, and sell preferred shares. I'm losing big time on them for the last, oh, I don't know, months, years, and I'd like to know when to get rid of them, when to buy them, when to hold them, please. Yeah, unfortunately, not a specific answer I can give you on, on that one. It depends on the preferred share. Um, you know, I would have to research the specific company to tell you what's going on with that specific preferred share. And then, of course, the question becomes, where does it fit in into your overall investment strategy? Is it a, a necessary part or did you simply just keep it because you inherited it? Maybe you don't need to keep it anymore, but maybe it still serves a valuable function. And maybe what it's going through is similar to what the rest of the market is going through. So it's temporary. Um, so I, I unfortunately, I can't give you a specific answer um, without knowing the specifics and having the time to research it. So I would I would say this. Whoever, whatever advisor you're dealing with, they should be helping you to analyze that specific holding, where it fits into your overall plan, and giving you an understanding of why it's going through what it's going through. Uh, Laura, how much is this worth? I mean, how much money are we talking in the, on this uh, preferred shares that you're talking about? Oh, I'm not sure because I have two ETFs and one, uh, sing, you know, one single preferred share. So, well, it's not too much, but it's a big loss. Yeah. Uh, when you say not too much, what are we talking about? Oh, um, maybe maybe twenty thousand. Okay, and then when you say a big loss, talk to us in dollars or percentage. What kind of loss have you been experiencing? Well, I mean, they're trading around eleven thousand, uh, eleven hundred now. They're tra- they're tra- trading. Um. um is 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 anyway, this loss? They're da- they're down um, probably fifty hundred percent from purchase price. They're literally that's cut in half. Problem. Yeah, so it definitely sounds like it's something that's more aggressive than what you're comfortable with. Um, you know, earlier this year, they're not supposed to be, aren't they? Well, Are they, weren't they sure. supposed to be in between? Well, preferred equities and bonds. You're talking about preferred shares? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but understand that they are still subject to the the financial strength the of the market, company yeah. that they're based on. So, you know, back in June, I believe when I was on the show, I mentioned that the S&P 500, the 500 largest companies in the U.S., <laughs> there was something like 14 companies that were still in positive territory as of June. So literally – 486 other companies were all negative. So everything's being affected. Um, but if it's down 50 to 100 percent, well, it can't be down 100 percent unless they've gone bankrupt. But if if they're in that between 50 and 100 percent down and that's making you very unhappy, you're in something that you're not comfortable with. Uh, that is a that is a conversation that you you most definitely need to have with your financial advisor, Laura. Because uh, you see, this is one of the reasons why it's so important to have a financial advisor that understands your level of, um, you know, your your appetite for risk. Because uh, the if you if if your tolerances are not a match with your expectations, then there is a bigger problem here. Would you agree with that, Mike? Well, that's that's the big issue at hand here is understanding that 
A, there is your your tolerance for risk, but B, there's also what do you need your money to do for you? If you're if you're dealing with a, a true financial advisor and not just an investment advisor, they have an understanding of of your overall financial situation and where this portfolio fits into place. So if you have twenty thousand dollars in preferred shares, but it's part of a seven hundred thousand dollar portfolio. Then those twenty thousand dollars in shares being down is not that big a deal because there's there's a, a position that it's filling in the overall portfolio. Um, but again, your advisor is supposed to understand and help you to understand where all that fits together. So understanding what your money needs to do for you is going to help to advise as to what sort of investments are suitable. So have that conversation with them. Let them know how you're feeling and and have them talk you through where and if this still fits in your portfolio. And after you talk to your financial advisor, Laura, uh, you know, call us back, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks, my money Mike's going to be back and then you can tell us what they told you. So we can start trying to understand and analyze the answers that are being given to, to people out there. But Laura, thank you so much for calling the Carrasco show. Uh, you know, Mike, let's go back because we, you know, we have, you know, about seven or eight minutes for us to, I know, I we, know. we get into the conversation. An hour goes by so fast. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about the the documents that I needed yeah. in order for you to execute estate planning. I know it's not long enough for us to discuss each and every one of them in detail, sure. but at least give us a glimpse of what they are. Sure. So the first thing that everybody needs is a will, a properly drafted will. Please don't do a, a do-it-yourself will kit. Please get a, a professional to, to put that together for you. Who needs a will? As I said, parents and grandparents is obvious and, and easy for everyone to understand. But if you are a 24-year-old who owns a house, who has a ch- – whether or not you have children, whether or not you have a spouse, you need to have a will. Okay? So everybody needs to have a will who is an adult. You need to have both forms of power of attorney. The power of attorney uh, for personal care mm-hmm. or the living the will, living will yeah. as it's often referred. Uh, and you also need to have the general power of attorney for property. Both forms, you need to have them. One allows someone to handle your financial affairs. The other allows them to make your medical decisions. So everybody needs to have both forms of those. If you are a business owner, ask yourself right now, do you have a secondary will? If you do not have a secondary will, you will be costing yourself a lot of unnecessary estate tax. Mm -hmm. A secondary will is essentially a mirror of the primary will. But the primary will says this deals with the entirety of my estate except for my business. Mm -hmm. The secondary will says it only deals with my business. And it can be the exact same uh, design in, in, in your will, but the secondary will is allowed to remain private. As opposed to your primary will that is public record. So you get to keep the details of your business and who you left it to and all of it's private, all of it private, and it avoids probate, which, as you know, one and a half percent is a very small number. But But if you're talking one and a half percent on the value of a business, it can be hundreds of thousands of dollars that you can avoid by having a secondary will. So if you're a business owner who is incorporated and does not have a secondary will, Uh Give yours and your financial advisors a collective head shake and get on that right away. So, but these these should all be drafted by a by lawyer. lawyer, of course. Uh, I um, one of my professional designations is the TEP, which is Trust and Estate Practitioner. Uh-huh. I help to review, evaluate, and advise on these documents. I cannot draft them. 
You still need a lawyer to do that. And, and so you need all of these documents in play. The cost of them for some reason is one of the reasons why people avoid it because I, I now the last time I redid my wills was 10 years ago. At the time, the cost was somewhere around $1,200 to have both myself and my wife to have a will and uh-huh. for each of us to have both form of, of power of attorney. Um, so the price is likely a little bit higher today. Uh-huh. But if you have need of any of these documents and you don't have them, when you do need them, it will cost you estimated about $5,000 to have one put in place after the fact. So translation, do it now. Don't do wait. Now. Yes, don't It's wait. It's pennies on the dollar by doing it now on top of all the headache that you avoid if you don't have them and need them. Yeah, for the people that, that are left behind, the people that loved you when you were alive, you're going to leave a headache yeah. if you if you don't have proper, properly established wills here. Now, I know that I'm going to digress a little bit, sure. but I'm going to, please indulge me for a second. Okay. I have always been conflicted with the, uh, with the living will. Okay. Um, because speaking personally, if something were to happen to me in which I need to be unplugged, yep. I don't want a family member to do it. I don't want to put that burden on someone that is directly related to me. Sure. Uh, is this something that comes up? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, are you on air asking me to pull the plug for you? <laughs> no, 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 no. Because we're not related. I mean, I'm there for you, buddy, if you need it. No. Gone. <laughs> Gone. Uh, Greg, what's your name? I, I, I don't remember. Gone. So, <laughs> so here's the thing, and, and that's, a, that's a very appropriate question, and, and here's the best answer I can okay. give you that. The, the living will, the power of attorney for yep. personal care, what it does is two things. Mm-hmm. First of all, it names your decision maker. Okay. Who is it that's going to carry out your wishes is is in control of those decisions. The second thing that document can do is you can actually make the decisions yourself. Mm-hmm. This takes the burden off your family member. If you want, uh, you know, the, some of the common phrases for what you're talking about yeah. is if I have incurred some sort of illness or injury and there is not a uh, – reasonable chance of a meaningful recovery that I'll be able to, you know, return to a, a quality of life that I don't want to be kept alive on life support. Yeah. When you put that in the document, whoever it is you name to be your attorney, yeah. they don't have a decision to be made. You have stated your wishes. It's their job to carry it out. Pressure's off. Yeah. They get to stand in front of the rest of the family and say, this wasn't my call. This was Greg's. And, and that's, you know, I, I have always found that very, I have found that fascinating because uh, even if they are my wishes, my wishes could go against the feelings of my family members. 100%. And to, you know, to put that burden on, for example, on one of my children, it's not something that I would want them to live with, yeah. even though they were my wishes. Yeah. Uh, because, again, whenever you get emotions involved into something as big as this, uh, there will always be some resentment and some hesitation. Sure. Uh, and uh, I, I, I wouldn't want to place that burden on someone that, I, that is that close to me. Not that the person that is ultimately going to carry out my wishes isn't close to me, yeah. but I mean, as a direct relation, do you, do you see this often that the, the, uh, the living will is carried out by other people? Yeah, as- some people name other people. Some people will literally name a trust company to carry out their wishes in both a power of attorney and a will. 
So you can do that. You can have a third party person that you name yeah. to carry out those wishes. But most importantly, the, the point is that you state what your wishes are. There's nothing worse than the middle minimalist attempt to put that document in force. It simply says, I want my, my son or my daughter to make the decisions and it's up to them. You're right. That's, that's a horrible burden to put on somebody. Make your wishes known, put it in the document there for everyone to see. And it really does take the pressure off. Yeah. And then, you know, we were talking about this on the way in with uh, Nick this morning. Uh, you know, the whole notion of passing, yeah. uh, you know, being afraid of passing is, is not what concerns me. I mean, because once you pass, you're gone. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. the process of getting there. And what if you're still alive, but you're unable to make a decision for yourself? And that, that is terrifying to me. You know, to be a burden to the people that I love, you know, and not being able to have the, the, the sound, you know, the, the sound mind to be able to carry out whatever wishes I may, I may need to have. This is one of the reasons why I feel that what you're talking about is so important. You know, living wills, wills. This is stuff that you, you must prepare. You must have a plan. Would you agree with that? It's, it's my raison d'etre. For you French people. Uh, that's that's why I do what I do. I, I'm into planning. And that's one of those things that you, you have to plan in advance. You're right. At that moment, that is not the time you expect cooler heads to be able to make rational decisions. Because sometimes decisions aren't rational. Sometimes you will want something for yourself that others won't see as rational. It's your call. But you have to have those in force. And there's, you know, at a time of high stress like that, mm -hmm. that is the worst time to realize that the hospital is going to turn you away from being able to make a decision for your spouse, your parent, whomever, because you don't have the proper documentation in place. Imagine that yeah. stress. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the fact that you have the option to have a power of attorney and chose not to do one says you didn't want your spouse to make decisions for you. So it, it can really cause some additional stress. You know, there's there's actually places in the U.S. Uh -huh. when it comes to somebody being kept on life support, uh, life support that the rules state we will keep you alive on life support until the money runs out. If you don't have anyone and you haven't expressed your wishes and you have no decision maker for you, yeah. that is the default is then we have to keep you alive. Really? And when you can no longer afford the bills to keep you alive, they then, pull the plug. then we'll let you go. So. You know, thankfully, the, the rules are a little different here in Canada, but yeah. still, you need those documents in place to have somebody make those decisions for you. Don't just assume, oh, you know what? I'm their favorite child. The doctors will listen to me. No. They won't listen to you. Mike, that, I mean, this last few minutes of this conversation I, uh, uh, are fascinating to me because you, you get to experience this sort of thing uh, as your career, you know, watch people make decisions and put wills together and living wills and state planning and whatnot. Right. And uh, your, your counsel is always uh, invaluable. Uh, folks, that is my personal financial advisor. His name is Money Mike. You can reach him at moneymike.ca, send him an email. And if you want his counsel, you, you, you have this available to you. You can call him after the show at 905-320-6762. Again, 905-320-6762. It's his personal cell phone number. He will 
answer. He is crazy like that because he is committed to making a difference in people's lives. Mike, thank you so much for being on the show again. And I can't believe how quickly this hour went by again. As always, the pleasure is 90% mine. <laughs> thank you, Mike. Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We're going to take a short break. And on the other side, we're going to talk about the hour of the grievances in Bill C-21. You want to tune in for that one. Can you lie next to her confess your love, your love, as well as your folly? And can you kneel before the king and say, I'm clean, I'm clean? What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture. And if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. It is time for Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Whoa, it's The Greg Carrasco Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a cow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Greg Carrasco. Coming to a very, very, very uh, startling realization that you know every time I play this song, it just hits a different spot. It just hits me different, and uh, it very quickly is becoming one of my favorite, favorite songs of all time. Wow! Wow! Yeah, it, and uh, I, I I visited her tomb, uh, her tombstone, and um, the name of the cemetery is Per Lachaise Cemetery in in France. Uh, it's got to be one of the most melancholic and somber and beautiful places on the planet. Mm. Yeah. You know, wow. um, you know, your, your motherland, you know, Francis, you say that you're from there, yeah. that you've never visited. <laughs> yeah. You should do that one day. Yeah. You, oh, I should. You, you, I should. you should do that one day. Paris I, is, Paris is just stunning. Mm. It's, it's absolutely stunning. Did you, did you go like up the Eiffel Tower? When of you course, went? of yeah. course. Yes, right, of nice. course. Of course. Yeah. You can't go to Paris and no good. <laughs> no, I, I hear a lot of people say the Eiffel Tower is a bit overrated just because of how, you know, how much hype there is surrounding it. Like it's just impossible for anything to live up to that much level of hype. Do you feel the same way? Absolutely not. Those people don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> 
they they have no idea what they're talking about. They're trying to make themselves sound specialists. Oh, it wasn't that special. You know, no, they have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, you know, there was something so unbelievably romantic and iconic uh, to be there in the, on the grounds of the Eiffel Tower. I mean, it's a huge park, right? It's huge, huge. And at the end of the park, there is a, there is a French military school. Uh, and on the other side is, is a government building. But... Uh, um, the the Eiffel Tower is one of the most beautiful sights that you could ever see. Um, you know, I have a I have a one of my my favorite pictures with my son Josh. Uh, you know, with with the uh, with the glowing Eiffel Tower because at, at nighttime when it goes dark, uh, every few minutes all the lights go off and there are thousands of lights on the actual Eiffel Tower, so it becomes like made of diamond. And uh, yeah, you need to experience. It's something that you need to see. So what would you say is more romantic, the Eiffel Tower or, or the CN Tower here in Toronto? Are you serious? <laughs> it, was a, it was a joke. It was a joke. You know, I'm sorry, man, but you know, from an from a, from a, from a architectural infrastructure, Canada is so ugly. So I, I don't even know what to say, man. Honestly, you know, Greg, Greg, you know how you say you never get offended? Huh? Maybe maybe that was the one time you got offended. No, 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 no. It was, no, obviously, it was it, obviously a joke, Nick. No, I, yeah, I'm joking. It's uh, you know, it just it speaks about the uncivilized nature of that exchange. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I look, whatever, right? It, it is what it is. I mean, we need to appreciate what we have, and and Toronto is just Toronto. But uh, when you when you have you ever been to Paris, uh, Jacob? I've never been to Europe. You never been to Europe. You you have to do it. You really have to do it. Uh, Jody, have you been there? No. I Really, I, um, I I strongly encourage you. You know, folks, I we were talking about dying earlier with <laughs> uh, on the show with Money Mike, and and this is something that uh, I was having a discussion with someone that's very dear to me this week, and um, uh, and we uh, just indulge me for a second because uh, uh, and this is going to be something very somber and morbid, but there's a point to what I'm saying. Okay, Jacob, can you for once, you know? Pay attention to what I'm saying because I I do like you as part of my show, right? And uh, you know I hear you talk all you know in the background all the time. I always feel that you because I'm so insecure. I, I feel that you don't listen to me or you don't care what I have to say, and that makes me feel really bad. Hey, we had, we had a, we had a packed studio today. To be fair, there's well, a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, I here. Cle- I know I can hear you guys while I'm on on air with Mike. <laughs> Look, there's a whole conversation going on in the background, and because this glass is so thin, I can hear everything you guys are saying. But you know I am going to overlook that. If if you indulge me on my next point, fair enough. This sounds good. We got fair, a deal. Fair enough. So look at this. You know when when you die, you know because you will die. You will. Is it, you know it, it'll happen. Uh, when the news circulate, you know the people around you, you know, people are going to be shocked. They're going to be sad. They're going to. Uh, they're not going to believe it. And uh, you know then when your funeral takes place, uh, people will show up and. Uh, when they are on uh, your funeral, they'll talk about current events. They, you know, many of them had not seen each other for a long time. They're going to catch up at your funeral. Um, there will be some pictures of you, of things that you've done, important things. Uh, and, uh, you know, some people will stand up and, and talk about you, say that, oh, you know, you were so special, you're such a nice man, and how you changed their lives. Um, after you get buried, um, you know, some people will be sad and they will mourn you for a week or two. Uh, but uh, I can tell you this, uh, within a week or so, your job is going to start looking for your replacement. Um, and uh, within two, three weeks, there will be somebody doing your job. Um, a month after, people will start to slowly come in less frequency to your 
to the cemetery and leave flowers. Within a year, they will celebrate that you're passing for one year. And uh, after that, you will barely be a figma of somebody's thoughts. People will forget about you. And once you start looking at the world that way and how quickly we are forgotten, we need to stop living our lives for someone else. You know, live your life now. Live it for yourself. Don't worry about what people think. They won't think about you when you're gone. So why worry about them while you're alive and you keep on wasting the way that, the way that you live your life, the way that you behave under somebody else's uh, standards? But don't you find that sad, though, the idea of like being completely forgotten one day, you know, that people like never even talk about you or think about you at all? No, I don't care. No. Okay. You know, the, the reality is this, that you, you try to do good. You try to make a difference in people's lives. <clears throat> and yeah. uh, if you did enough good, maybe your memory will live on with the legacy that you have left behind. But if you have never done anything remarkable, you will be forgotten quickly. You know, when was the last time that you went to see your grandmother at the cemetery? You know, if for those of you that are unfortunate to have had their grandmother's past, you know, you go visit maybe once a year, maybe, but then after that, they're gone. And these are full lives. I mean, I'm talking 50, 60, 70, 90 year lives that we just forget. It's, it's, it's inevitable. It's, it's, unstoppable it'll happen you and i will be forgotten i mean since the beginning of times there has been billions and billions of people that have come and gone and most of them we don't know so when you start looking at the world that way why wouldn't you just go out and live your life with ferocity live your life furiously to the point that you leave nothing in the tank I don't want to show up to my 80s being all in healthy and nice. No, man. I want to be used up. There will be nothing left of me. Body parts are going to be falling off by the time I get to my 80s, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that, that's why you like Metallica so much. I'm pretty sure there's a Metallica song about uh, your bones falling off. and Really? Probably. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, probably. I, I, there's I, some, I somewhere out there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know, but uh, I... I, I don't believe in just living an easy life. Why? What are you waiting for? Like, honestly, what are you waiting for? I, I, at 50 right now, I, I'm not saying that I'm old. I'm 50 and I've, you know, thankfully, I, I still have a lot of energy left in me. I don't want to leave anything undone. I do not have a bucket list. And I made that as a promise. I don't have a bucket list because everything that I have wanted to do, I'm doing it. So I'm not waiting for a better time or, or, or at a time in which I can just come to the sudden realization that the time has come for me to start living the life the way that I want to live it. So what, what advice that, then would you give to someone right now who, you know, let's say they have a bucket list? What are you waiting for? Like what, literally, what are you waiting you for? Know, what, if, what, say, if they, what if they don't have the time or the money to do what they want to do? You see, it's, it, okay, that is all a matter of priorities. Everybody has the time, but you, you don't have the priorities to put yourself first. You know, look, man, this is all I can tell you that, you know, as I, as I get older, I come to the realization that if I am not happy, nobody else around me will be. If I don't love myself, I can never love anyone. 
And uh, once it, most of us, especially the ones that haven't taken the time to go through therapy and understand what makes you tick, what makes, makes you click, what gets you up in the morning and what makes you do the things that you do. Until you completely understand where you came from, why you do the things you do, and you start accepting yourself for who you are, you will never be able to fill your lungs up with love just to give out the world. And uh, unfortunately, not enough people pay attention to this sort of thing. So that's the advice that I would say to anybody. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? You know, you don't have the time. Really? You really don't have the time. You know, I hear this all the time, Jacob, at the office. You know, oh, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to start a side hustle. I don't have time to do this. And then you know what I asked them to do? I asked them to take their iPhones to swipe towards the, uh, I don't know how you do this, uh, you, to swipe towards the right and then to scroll down. So it tells you how many hours a day you're spending on social media and on your phone. And you know, you can get a law degree uh, within three months if you were to summarize and take all those hours that you waste by numbing your mind on social media. I can guarantee you that if you have a teenage kid right now and you're listening to the show, if you have a teenage son or daughter and you ask them to show you their average daily cell phone or smartphone usage, you're talking three to seven hours a day that they spend looking at the phone. You know, I conduct a lot of my businesses on the phone, right? So this, you know, iPhones will also track the number of pickups, the number of times that you pick up the phone in a day. And I was looking at mine. Uh, I had I had an average for the last five days, I think it is, of 135 times a day that I pick up my phone. Wow. <clears throat> that's that's a lot, but I, but a lot of people do it. A of lot, course, you know? yeah. but you see, here's the thing: it, having time to do something is about priorities because you always have time for the things that you want to do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But anyways, um, I wanted to talk this morning briefly, and again, the phone lines are open, folks. Two eight nine two seven five. 9600 is the phone number. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. Uh, and this is the hour of the grievances. You know, this is the hour when I come in here and complain. And you can complain with me. I, I Last week, I, I spent a whole week, you know, Saturday complaining about emergency departments around southern Ontario and how emergency departments are broken and filled up with people with tummy aches. <sighs> because we live in a society that's filled with snowflakes. Ah, headache. Let's go to a merge. I, I love the way you call it a merge. You know, huh? I love the way you call it a merge. You know, a merge. Yeah, let's go to a merge. You know, <laughs> sounds kind of funny. <laughs> Why? I don't know. My accent, to me? No, no. Just oh, the fact emerge? That you, no, the fact that you shortened the word. Oh, I mean, I, emergency. I, people, yeah. I think I've, I've heard people say that before. Have you? Yeah, I have. Okay. Well, I, anyways, I I don't mean to, you know, it, uh, let's go to emergency. Okay. I have a tummy ache. Let's go. It's free, right? But anyways, I don't want to talk about that. This is the hour that we use to complain. And I have a big complaint. I don't know if you folks are familiar with... Uh, Bill C-21 that was passed yesterday. Uh, do you know what Bill C-21 is, Nick? Well, we, we talked about it all uh, this morning. You know, it's uh, it's on 
I believe the restrictions of of more firearms. So as of yesterday, you're not allowed to buy, sell, or transfer any handguns in Canada legally. Mm. So I I, I want to just let let I want to let that sink in for a second. So all the legal gun owners cannot buy, cannot sell, cannot transfer guns. These are law-abiding citizens that uh, buy their guns legally, that comply with every government regulations of licensing and training, and they delay you for a year and a half because that's how long it feels these days that you need to wait until you get your you know, uh, possession and acquisition license of firearms in Canada and you go through an extensive, you know, uh, what is it, 24 hours worth of training. I think it's like 12 hours per day that we, that we, we had to do in order for us to get um, the training to get our licenses. So all these people that have understood the value of the safety in the training around firearms are getting punished by the government. Meanwhile, criminals, nothing changes. Because do you think that criminals go and take the license through the government? Do you think that criminals are lining up uh, the RCMP offices uh, to get fully licensed on on gun uh, certification? What do you think about that, uh, Jason? Do, uh, Jacob, do you think that? Uh, <laughs> Jake, come on, man. I'm you joking, know I'm what? Joking. Do you think that criminals are lining up uh, at the RCMP uh, offices to get certified on on um, possession and acquisition of firearm licenses? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a nice single file line. They're very organized, and it's 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 a really a good sight to behold, I think. No, look, I, I'm not going to act like I I know so much about the gun laws because I don't, right? It's something that I, I admit that I need to study more on, so I don't really have much of an opinion on the law. But what I do know is I agree with you. I think guns aren't going to just disappear and people are always going to find a way to have them. And you want, you know, in theory, it's you, you want to you, you want to make sure the right people are the ones that have the guns. But um that's not what's going to happen. People are always going to find a way. So by taking them off the street, you know, I don't know if. But you're not taking. But I, I mean, by, by taking them out of that. Sorry, by taking them out of the hands of people who, you know, who know what they're doing with the guns. OK, do you have any any thoughts on this, uh, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I don't think we in Canada have a gun problem. You know, I don't think, or at least when it comes to legal guns, you know, I, I would say there's maybe a greater problem when it comes to legally bought firearms in some parts of the United States, because I do think it's... Wait, you know, but, but, let's, no, 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 yeah, no, no, but let's no, no, not but, talk but, about the United no, no, States. No, 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 this but, is Canada. No, no, I, let me finish. Let me finish. Um, but that's not... I, that, what I'm saying is that even though there might be that a bit of, of that issue in the United States, I don't think that's an issue here. So why are you making it harder for people who, you know, people who are legally buying guns and got their license and went through the whole process, why are you making it harder for those people when those, pe when those people are not causing the majority of the, the shootings, you know, the unprovoked shootings here in Canada? It's, to me, it, it doesn't make any sense, and it just seems like, you know, more, you know, division 
from our prime minister, you know, trying to cause, cause more divide. And I just, I don't see the point in it. I think that he's intentionally trying to punish uh, a certain segment of the population that is most likely to own and, 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 and practice uh, sports, you know, target sports. And, uh, you know, we all know that, uh, I mean, clearly uh, there are some exceptions, but uh, this affects the, uh, the the conservative side of the population that understand the value of, you know, training and education in, in relation to firearms. But what I'm okay with severe punishment of gun crimes. Uh, we have a phone call. Who do we, we, do. we do. Yeah, who do we have on the line? Uh, yeah, Sorry. yeah, we do. We, Jacob, what are you saying? Let's go to break first. Oh, okay. 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 Uh, folks, if you're on the line right now, we, we, we're going to just stay there. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. I, I try really hard to learn uh, you know, sign language, but I cannot understand what Jacob says to me in the background. Uh, let's go for a break. We'll be right back. Little girls born. My name is Sean Avery. I love getting under people's skin, but not as much as this guy. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. Hey, hey, what's up, Toronto? When the boogeyman goes to sleep, he checks under his bed for me. Ken Shamrock here, and you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. Hello, Toronto. sing that too and we're back you're listening to the Greg Carrasco show here on Saga 960 AM if you have something on your mind we're talking about gun control and this silly Bill C-21 that solves absolutely nothing it does nothing Nothing, absolutely nothing. Call me, 289-275-9600 is the phone number. We have Richard on the line that wants to talk about gun control. Richard, how can I make your life better this morning? Hello. Hey, Richard, how are you? Uh, where are all the callers? It's almost 1030. They must be awake. I don't really want to talk about gun control. I want to talk about passivity control, how we've become so passive in society. And we've never had a dictatorship before in Canada, so that's certainly an impossibility. It's just uh, mind-boggling to me that we go along. And Why are we afraid of government? Why do we uh, listen to everything the politicians say? I'm just questioning. We need to think. We need to think for ourselves, don't we? Uh, you know, Richard, you, you really just got me bent out of shape with that, you know, offhand comment that you just made. I, you know, I try, can you, you know, just... You know, just hang up. I, I don't just hang up on him. I, I I don't like him already. Wow. Really? Was that even necessary? 
was not necessary, Richard. I'm giving you a platform for you to be heard. And in the process, you take a shot at the very show that you're listening to. Jacob, I can hear everything you're saying, brother. And honestly, everything just comes through here and it's becoming very distracting. I love you, but I cannot keep on hearing you on the other side. Okay, can you help me out with that, please? The show just got really tense all of a sudden. People like to take shots at, you know, at, <laughs> at people on air. No pun intended. We're talking about guns, but <laughs> see what I just did there. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I see you it. know, if if you're not gonna be nice, don't call the show. You know, literally, no, was, don't don't uh, don't call the show. I don't. Uh, no, that, that that was uncalled for. That and, comment. It was totally anyways, uncalled for. Uh, you know, yesterday when I was talking to Richard Surrett on on his show, because I do a I do a little interview with him every Friday night, and I love Richard Surrett. If, folks, if you if you want to listen to some amazing amazing radio, listen to the uh, Richard Surrett show uh, in the uh, during the drive on Saga nine sixty AM. And uh, I, I I went to the Stats Canada website and um, I looked up some some statistics. This is this is put out by the government. And uh, I, I looked at how many homicides have been taking place for for the last five years, from 2017 to 2021. And uh, I was uh, I was very curious uh, about this because uh, strictly from a population growth, there doesn't seem to be any any spike on the number of homicides that you see across the country. And you know, when I asked you this morning, how many homicides do you think that are happen a year in Canada? You said to me a thousand. Jacob, how many homicides do you think that take place in Canada during the year? You know, if you had to guess, I mean, you you haven't looked at the stats, you don't know the number. How many people do you think that are killed each year in Canada? Um, like by it doesn't matter how, like yeah, it doesn't matter how they, they, anyway. they just murdered. Yeah, I'll say, hmm, three fifty, three hundred and fifty people. No, it's a little bit more than that, but uh, uh, you know. Right now, according to twenty one, the last uh, data from twenty twenty one, there were seven hundred and eighty eight people that were killed in Canada uh, for different methods. You know, th- different things happened to them. And t- twenty twenty was seven fifty nine, uh, two thousand and nineteen it was six ninety, uh, six sixty two, and six sixty seven the previous two years. Now, out of those ones, uh, last year in Canada. Uh, two hundred and ninety-seven people were shot. They there was a there was a uh, gunshot that was used to uh, uh, for this homicide. So the violent crimes. Uh, the previous year was two eighty. The previous year was two sixty. The previous year was two fifty. The previous year was almost two seventy. So the the number uh, of gun-related uh, homicides hasn't significantly gone up over the last five years. But that's not what caught my attention. What caught my attention was the following stat that said the following. Uh, in the year 2017 was 203. In the year 2018 was 183. In the year 2019 was 214. In 220, 237. In 221, 242. Was the number of people that were stabbed to death in Canada. So the number between stabbing people to death and people getting shot, it's not that different. So the question that I ask, is this low-resolution thinking? Am I not looking at this on a, in a more in-depth basis? Or when are we banning knives? Hmm. Because right now you are just as likely or almost as likely to be stabbed to death than you are of getting shot to death. 
I think the moment when, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the difference between a gun and a knife is massive is if, for example, it's a mass shooting. But mass shootings are not common in Canada. They're not. They're, They're very, not, very, not, very not common. Exa- exactly. Exactly. Then I would say it makes a difference because if you have a gun, it is easier probably to, you know, to hit more people with a gun than personally like going and stab people but that's a mass shooting and mass shootings are not a problem in canada so you look at the data and you said it yourself it's very close when you compare the stabbings and the shootings and but it, look at it this from look at it from a different perspective uh last time i read a statistic on this and i will confirm all these numbers close to 90 percent of all the homicides committed in canada were committed by illegal guns but, the guns that were not registered. Okay, we're talking about guns and we're talking about knives, but look at how many people are now being hit and run. Oh, yeah, well, well, are you gonna like? Are you gonna ban cars now? <laughs> well, you know, but he, he, here's where the where problem is. Where you know, this is another one that I just saw uh, because this is according to Stats Canada. Uh, last year, there was 130 people that were beaten to death in Canada. <laughs> You know, all the frustration, all the passive aggression is coming out. Uh, <laughs> you know, on the 403 when it's snowing and somebody doesn't want to let you merge and you go into serious road rage. You know, you know what they're going to how they're going to ban, uh, you know, getting beat to death? Everyone's going to wear a foam finger. You know those foam fingers that you wear at sports games? Yes. You have to wear that at all times now. They, oh, my God. <laughs> Where did that come from, Nick? I, I don't understand. Ended. But anyway, turn off oh, his mic. Oh, <laughs> no, come on. I, I won't do that. <laughs> do you have a comment, a thought, a question, a concern on gun control? 289 275 9600 is the phone number. 289 275 9600 is the phone number. And this is all I can tell you, folks. And this is, this is coming from a gun owner. I have an arsenal in my, <laughs> in my house. I have been collecting guns for years. And, uh, I, uh, as an ex-military person, I can tell you that, you know, the, the, the hobby developed over the years. And uh, um, my youngest child is fully training on the safe handling and, 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 and firing of firearms, whether it's handguns and rifles. But also he is, he's trained enough that he can even take a gun apart, put it back together and understands the, the responsibility that it's required for you to own a firearm. And I can tell you this, being exposed to many, many people like myself that are legally abiding citizens who own guns that belong to the gun club that I belong to, look at it this way. A gun is an inanimate object. You can have a gun that is fully cocked and loaded. Cocked and loaded. You put it on the table, nothing happens. Nothing happens unless, unless you have somebody that has an issue. And that issue is the one that must be addressed. Most guns in Canada are illegal guns. Why aren't we increasing the punishment of illegal gun crimes in Canada? Did did you know? That the first offense for a legal gun owner in Canada is five years. If you commit a gun-related crime and you are a legal gun owner in Canada, it's five years in jail. Do we have a phone call? We do. How we come do. it's not written on the... Uh, oh, I was, I was about to write it, but yeah, we, we do. Okay, have who do we yeah, have on the line? Have, because I have no idea have, who I have well, on the line. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. We have uh, Joe who wants to talk about gun control. Joe, what's on your mind? Talk to me. Okay. 
How are you? Hey guys, how are you? Uh, love your show. Thank uh, you. Interesting topic. I, I really, I really believe that it, it comes down to the penalties, and they should be harsher. I don't think you should really fault the responsible gun owners. Like you said, if a gun's on the table, nothing is going to happen to it. So uh, it, the responsible gun owner seems like, and I don't own a gun, by the way, and I haven't shot a gun, but I really believe that uh, it's the illegal guns that are the problem. And the harsher, there, there has to be harsher penalties. Uh, you got to hit them where it hurts. First, first offense, maybe it should be 10 years and a $50,000 fine or something along those lines. Well, you know, Marco, really I happen to agree with you. You see, but there is another bill that is called the Bill C-5 that uh, allows criminals that commit a gun crime to wait for sentencing at home. So we, we're becoming, we're becoming softer on crime, but harder for legal, you know, law abiding citizens to continue with their sports as a hobby. Now, look at it this way. Um, the gun freeze right now across the country. Guess how many criminals are getting affected by this? Mark, are you there? 25%. <laughs> Guess how many criminals are being af affect affected by the this gun freeze? Sorry, Joe. Um, you know, so this doesn't have the the effect that we wanted to do. This is nothing more than posturing yet again by the government of Canada pretending to do something when they aren't doing a single thing. You don't own any gun. You don't own a gun, uh, Joe, do you? I do not know. You know, I strongly encourage you to learn how to use one because in a pinch, you're going to have to learn how to use one and safe, safely behave around the firearm. Thank you so much for the phone comment. I really appreciate it. Folks, if you have a thought on the gun control nonsense that the, the, the federal government is pushing again on law-abiding citizens, call me, 289-275-9600 is the phone number. We have Marco on the line. Marco, what's on your mind in relation to gun control? Hi, uh, gents good, uh, and ladies. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, just a comment again about, uh, you know, it's all about the whole gun control thing is just, again, to get the government um, into totalitarian control of, of, of all of us. I mean, um, if the illegal handguns are, commi are committing the crimes, why, why ban people from owning them for sports shooting, for uh, self-protection, and you cannot, you know, sense. this is something that is very little known uh, here in Canada, Marco. You cannot uh, use a gun for self-defense in Canada. You will go to jail. Did you know that? Yeah, I, I did. But what, what are you to do, right? If somebody, uh, you're going to wait for the cops if somebody's coming to rob you? Like, no, you can, it's simple. You, if you have a gun in the house and somebody is literally murdering a family member, you cannot use a gun in Canada to defend yourself yeah. because we don't have a castle law. So in Canada, yeah. you okay. cannot use a gun to defend yourself because if you do, you will go to jail. So what yeah, I'm saying to you is this. I, I, I huh? It's crazy. It's crazy. The more, the more that you learn about this country, the less, the less Canadian I want to be, honestly. Well, uh, back to say, I mean, born here, born here, Greg, you know, and it's, and it's really, it's really sad to feel the way I've been feeling the last three years. But here is, here is the problem. You, you have a government that thrives in division, that thrives in fear and pretend to care. 
Because if we really want to solve a gun problem, guess what? You start increasing the sentences. You start hitting the guys where it hurts. You know, first offense for an illegal gun crime, 10 years in jail. Guess how quickly that is going to deter a a criminal from using a gun and the next time they get into trouble. But the, the reason why they won't do that is because they're afraid of hurting business and business being the legal justice or the legal injustice system in this country. That's all it's about. It's about lawyers getting paid, judges getting paid, courthouses operating. And that's, that's because I honestly think if there was that much of a deterrent against gun crimes, there would be a decrease, 100%. And they're afraid of hurting business. You know, I, I mentioned this. I mentioned this a little while ago. I, I have somebody that works with me. That uh, um, this was a couple of months ago. There was a bunch of couples that went out together uh, downtown Toronto, and that's the reason why I hate going downtown Toronto. And uh, they were at a club, and uh, there were some characters there, just you know, saying things to the girls who were there with their boyfriends and husbands. And uh, one of the girls made a comment to one of these characters. And uh, all the character had to do was just to lift his T-shirt just to show a gun in his belt. Guess what happened to that conversation? It ended immediately. Yeah. The uh, you know the criminal activity was was enforced, and this person had no no fear of walking around downtown Toronto with a gun in his pants. And anyone that is a legal gun owner understand that you do not. You do not leave your house with a handgun without your permits, without your gun locks, with the ammunition put on a different compartment that your gun is under two different locks. So that person, it'll right? Be interesting. Go ahead. Sorry, Greg. No, I was just going to say it'll be interesting with this new bill that passed to see statistically what happens to gun crimes in Canada in the, in the years to come. Right? Like, you think it's going to have an impact on? On, on shootings, and of course not. When when over ninety percent of all the you know gun gun related crimes are being committed by illegal guns entering the country, it tells you that we don't have the laws that are tough enough to stop criminal activity. We're just punishing law abiding citizens, and I don't get it. You know whether you're for guns or not, it doesn't matter. You know we need to look at the numbers. At one point, you know it's it's perfectly okay that you don't like guns. I support that. Not everybody likes guns. But yeah. just because you don't like him, it doesn't mean that somebody else doesn't use him and use him legally. And you're going to say, oh, we, we want less guns on the streets. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. My guns are not on the street. You know, my guns are under severe locks. You know, it's like Ford Knox in my place. Why? Because we understand the severity and the responsibility that it takes for you to own a gun. Uh, you know, Mark, so much for you know making that phone comment. I really appreciate it. Folks, we're going to take a, a, a quick break. If you have any further thoughts on this nonsense, uh, yet again by our favorite dictator, Justin Trudeau, and the federal government with uh, Bill, uh, Bill C-21 in relation to uh, punishing law-abiding citizens in Canada by putting a, a, a national freeze on sales of Firearms, you know, think of how many businesses are getting hurt right now across the country. He hurts businesses with everything he does. Let's take a short break, folks. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Before you make any car buying decisions, you need to come and see me because we're special. <laughs> we'll take a break. I'll take a break. We'll be right back.
What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. Darcy Tucker here, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. That is the song, baby. That is the song right there. I certainly hope that both of you show up the day that uh, they lower me down. Jacob, hopefully that day you won't be in Montreal with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> and Praveen will most definitely not come from Vancouver. You know, Vancouver life is too easy. Look at him. He looks so happy right now. You know why? You know, uh, folks. Uh, you know, this is uh, uh, our program director. That uh, uh, he's uh, he he's never around. I don't I don't see him here very often. He he trusts me. That's why he leaves me alone, and I love that. He is the nicest program director in the history of my uh, uh, radio career. Uh, you haven't had many then, right? <laughs> so, hey, listen, so. this is this so. is 14 years on air, and uh, you are by far the nicest one of them all. And I, uh, I'm not even saying that because uh, uh, it's a compliment. It, I mean it. Yeah, we do pay you, right? That's that's it. I think that's well, how yeah, it goes. I, I, I guess. Yeah, I do work for you. <laughs> <laughs> why do you guys? Why do we schedule this so early in the morning? What? What this? Uh, Can we do this in the afternoon or uh, something? Yeah, but this is Vancouver time. It's like three o'clock in the morning. Well, in that's what I'm saying. It's a little early, so maybe we'll move it to the evening. Crash no, in the evening. No, so, no, 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 no. Or I'm, late I'm, night. I I am filled with all the energy in the morning, and I wake up <laughs> ready to just tackle the world. But what what brings you to uh, Ontario? Uh, well, you lovely people, of course. Thank you. I had thank to you. actually see you guys face to face for a change, so that's fantastic. Um, maybe do a little bit of work here, and I have to go see my family, my mother, and my sister. How long are you in, staying? Uh, this week for until next Friday. So I got to fill in a uh, bunch of work stuff. Got a few meetings. Um, go visit mom and get some uh, home cooking. Which that's, I, you know, that's yeah. one thing I miss being out in the West Coast. So um, yeah, if you uh, if you if you can, I know you're going to be busy because um, you know you haven't been here for a little while. But uh, I would love to have lunch with you. Oh. So yeah, remind me to tell talk to you after the uh, after we finish the show. Definitely, and maybe we'll, do, we'll try we, to get that in there. We can arrange somebody. But we have an un, unknown caller who wants to talk about guns and mental health. Uh, we I don't know who this person is on the line, but uh, uh, you are next unknown caller. How are you? Hello. Hey, how are you? What's in your mind? Uh, hi. 
Greg, I have spoken to you a few times in the past. Uh, I was listening to Richard Sire's show uh, for a while and uh, Mark Petroni's show. I find this uh, radio station quite uh, enlightening and giving you another point of view kind of thing. And maybe it's good to know different points of views to understand what's going on. Second opinion, always uh, helpful. And um, I like the recommend. And um, what I want to say is that... Um, yeah, I heard you what you were talking about your son, but uh, I'd like to know maybe off the air. But uh, just to say that uh, um, about guns, yes, uh, let's concentrate. There was one man from um, Venezuela. His name was Cesar something, uh, whatever last name. And he was one of the guests on the, one of those shows. And he said that when Chavez uh, took the guns away, like which were legally owned, uh, the crime actually increased. Where the was it? Where is this? Venezuela. In Venezuela? Was, uh, few, maybe half a year ago, there was a Venezuelan immigrant. He said that he came uh, to Venezuela from Venezuela and Canada. Yeah. And uh, he found that whatever was happening in Venezuela was. Uh, Similar to what he observed was happening here in Canada, the way like the government was taking guns away and the media was uh, kind of subsidized in some way. And uh, that was like uh, whatever happened in Venezuela. He was seeing, uh, saying that it might be coming uh, to Canada like in 10, 20 years. And he was worried about that because a lot of people ran away from Venezuela and he didn't want... Uh, <laughs> They're coming to the wrong place. <laughs> They're going to have to go yeah, through the yeah, whole process all over again. But, uh, you know, I... I, yeah, so, I I can tell you this, that to secure peace is very simple. To secure peace is to prepare for war. End of story. You know, it's not violence itself that stops the conflict from happening. It's a threat of violence. And if we continue to soften up our society in which we are making ourselves weaker and weaker and weaker, and we keep giving the government more and more and more control over our lives, this inevitably, we are going to end up with another Venezuela. But no one listens. No one yeah. listens. You know, listen to immigrants, folks. They are the canaries in the mine. You know, they they have seen this before and they know exactly what's coming down the pipeline, but nobody wants to listen. You know, I I only have a minute yeah. left in the show, brother, so I have to let you go. But thank you so much for listening to the show. Okay. I recognize your voice. Mental health next time. Thank okay. you. Yeah, call me earlier, right. slacker. <laughs> I, uh, I, I can tell you... you know, Look, we pride ourselves in, you know, having such a diverse population. Oh, yeah, we are uh, a mosaic. That's what they call us, you know, multiculturalism. And, but no one listens to the immigrants. We're, <laughs> we're telling you what's coming down the pipeline. But, you know, you're an immigrant so long as you don't tell us what's wrong with our country, right? Because that's the way that we, we want them. We want to brainwash them the moment that they cross the border. You know, you were a doctor in Egypt, but uh, and you apply as an independent doctor to Canada. And then the moment that you walk through the frontier, you land in, at Pearson, boom. Next thing you know, your qualifications mean nada. Zilch, you are as good as gold to, to drive a cab because you need to go through an entire recertification <laughs> process. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I, I, I care not to comment on what I just saw. Uh, <laughs> folks, I cannot believe how quickly 
three hours go by on my Saturday mornings. I, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to the show and indulging uh, this the Carrasco show here on Saga 960 AM. Uh, if for whatever reason you missed some of the show today, you can always go to iTunes, you can go to Spotify, you can go, go to Google Podcasts, or you can even go to gregcarrasco.com and subscribe to the podcast so you can listen to the show on your own time. Um, now you can also watch the show being streamed live on our Facebook page and also on YouTube. Just punch in the Greg Carrasco show and punch in the date and you're going to be able to watch the show as a TV show. We are streaming live. Now, I love you all, each and every one of you. Remember, you're not alone. I love you all except one. There is one of you. No, there's only one of you that I don't love. You know who you are. You know who I'm talking about. And no, it's not the basement dweller. It's not. I still love that guy. You know, as crazy as he is, I still love that guy. And remember this, folks. Before you make any carbine decisions, you need to come and see me at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We're special there. You know why? There's something happening there. At OakvilleNissan.com. There you go. See you next week, folks. serving with you all. Autobots, roll out!